I had one dicey um, transsexual situation. Haven't we all? <laughs> you start hearing voices. Are they your own? Are they around? <laughs> a gentleman could can only go on, under on the bottom. Right. Jesus, imagine being a girl <laughs> like all that sack in your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, sorry. Don't have a lot of time. What's up, everybody? Um, our courtroom comedy short film, The Horse's Ass, is about to drop on iTunes and Google Play. So look out for that. Pre-sale info for my new book, Beef Meets World, is coming out soon. So go, also look out for that. Um, we're relaunching the new season of the podcast, so keep an ear out for a bunch of new episodes every week. We're gonna have well, we're just gonna have once a week. So just just keep your ear out for, for once a week. You don't have to do a bunch a week. But we're gonna have Galen Milken and Austin Bash and Cody Freaky and all kinds of fun personnel. Please subscribe to the show and uh, my, my mom says uh, you gotta leave us a review on iTunes so you better do it or uh, you'll get in trouble. Okay, Q's pet beef of the week is people who leave the milk out during breakfast. I get that. Grow up. Realize your actions have consequences. We only have one earth so stop wasting your calcium reservoirs. Jesus. Okay, my guest today is Quint Grosier. It was a freaking beast. Love this guy. He kind of talks about the Grateful Dead a bunch, but that's okay, because we had a ball. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bless up. Shout out Tito's Vodka. Dragon Podcast. Tigerland on a game day? Forget it. Oh, yeah. It's, there was like 10,000 people yeah. running around. And the things that these young ladies are wearing these days <laughs> and the moves that they're doing, I watched the hottest <laughs> babe. We was at Fred's. I was kind of doing the tent thing, and they had a great band. It was, um, oh, what was their name? I should remember this. Neutral Snap. Not neutral them. Snap. Something yeah. about neutrality or snapping. And we were kind of, they were like rocking out. God bless the cover band. They were killing it. Jesuit Boys. That's okay. That's what I thought. Right. Jesuit Boys and Sigma News. Mm-hmm. So they were doing great, and I mean, my the whole next like three days, the back of my neck was just exhaustedly sore from just headbanging it super hard. You did it right. Yeah, well, I'm more of a hip hop, uh, rap, R and B guy, as you know. So mm-hmm. after you know a half hour or so of of neutral snap, uh, went into Fred's, and oh my god, because like they're doing like the rap, yeah. the Mo Bomb, yeah. <laughs> and so there was this young lady, bless her. <laughs> Smoking hot, standing on the speaker, like right when you get in on the right side, just doing all these like strip tees, like showing off her sick abs. I mean, for good reason. She had a quality core. Yeah. Just like showing like part of her bra and Brunette, stuff. And I was blonde, like, ah! a little curly ish, curly wavy ish blonde, like obviously a dancer. And uh, there was this other dude who was obviously a dancer, and he was like, I don't want to say creeping, but he was he was going for it hard. Yeah. And she was just kind of like pushing him off, just trying to own the stage yeah. by herself. Mm. But oh man, and like these girls are just yeah. humping each other and like doing splits on the dance, and their little butt cheeks are just hanging out all their clothes. College is a wonderful place. It's a wonderful. Here's to college. Thing. Do you have any uh, kind of Fred's nightmares or dream mm. wonderful scenarios or any kind of wacky? I do stories? dream about Fred's often. Yeah, in the middle of the. A shift it's just caught you know you just it's a uh no rules there not many fucks given <laughs> you look through that bar and it's just like a river of activity you <laughs> see 
you see the liquor poured around and you just see the development throughout the night. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll find myself in Fred's dreaming. Or I'll be working, I'll be uh Like you're adjusting. you're asleep at home and you're dreaming about Fred's or you're working at Fred's and you're dozing off dreaming. What do you mean? You're at Fred's. If I have a dream. Like these days. A couple you'll, years removed. You'll I'll have dreams about Fred's. Fred's, yeah. Okay. But not as much as Jesuit football. Really? That will always come back. All the time on timelines with Kaiser all of a sudden. I'll wake up, I have a game to get to all of a sudden, the starter for some reason. <laughs> and um it's like Which in puts some me abandoned in quarter. like yeah, bad. Uh, well, it's like I'm late. It's like I'm, I totally missed the game. Like, and like, oh my god! Like, what is Kaiser going to say about all this? Like, and usually there's never any real consequence, but it's always just that that kind of primal uh, timeline of, of yeah. uh, football. Yeah. That happens to me. It's so very annoying much when you have a dream about like being late for school or not doing your homework and stuff, and you'll get so anxious and so like buttered it's about all the time it, too. and you wake up and you're like. Chill out, dude. You're, College is done. You're a grown man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but, dude, tell me about working at Fred's. Like, Tigerland, like, you were a bartender. You, you bartender, eventually got yeah. to the coveted uh, super stage. I got there. I got there uh, about a year and a half after being, you know, you do. You got to go through the whole system. You got to go up the ladder. You got to be trash. And then you go. I started my spring freshman year. I was an old freshman. So mm-hmm. I turned 20 in Oct- like October, oh, my freshman year. So you have to be 20 to work at Fred's. So I really yeah. got on the ball. I recognized a good thing. I knew I should hop on. So I went in, uh, and I was there for about a year and a half. And then I got to the bartending position my junior football fall semester. Okay. You were just le- you had left about a year before. Two years before. I was 2014. That's right. What yeah. year did you graduate? This is 16. Fall 16, I think. Wow. I graduated last May. Wow. But I tapped out of Fred's a year and a half before I graduated. Okay. Why? Because? A little bit of burnout. It was around the same time I was doing present for fraternity and stuff. And it was just, I was also going to all the cameras games on Friday nights at Jesuit. Mm -hmm. So I really, I was kind of, my, I definitely didn't give as much to Fred's during that time frame that I could have. And I was definitely feeling on the way out and just burnt out. And mm-hmm. I mean, I if I could go back, I probably would have stuck it out another year. But I needed, I went, in hindsight, really, I needed to get out of there for a little bit just to clear it. Because there was a lot of Jaeger, a lot of Jaeger in the system, a lot of bombs, a lot of, uh, a lot of pretty women always coming in and out. I mean, that's what I really do miss. It's a place of power behind the bar. Real special place of power and fun and social, you know, just... That's that the thing, moment, you know? yeah. Like when we were at that JL's magic. in my heyday, we had like nine Lambda Kai's right. working there. Special, beautiful. Thing. You don't pay yeah. cover. You don't pay anything for drinks, yeah. which just means there'll be like ninety bros there. Which right. means like, because babes love nothing more than like the polished yeah. chemistry between yeah, yeah, yeah. friends. So like they're all flocking in, and God, college was cool. I don't want. I don't want to talk about it too much because it'll just make yeah. me sad. JL's is tight, and nice, and intimate in JL's too. Mm-hmm. Fred's is very spread out. You get different little lands of the plots of land in Fresno where you go. I love being on the balcony. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my little spot right there. I wasn't praised as the best bartender in terms of making money. A lot of my time was put into dancing. <laughs> I was known as the Space my Cowboy. Man. Wore a big 10-gallon hat most nights. I, uh, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. I uh, I had Kevin DiSorono, Clavier. Mm-hmm. Get Dusarono on the rocks, always right next side. I mean, we were a lethal do. Sloan Garner right there too, a nice little pocket. Joey Fontenot, shout out Joey Fontenot. Bless him. Bless him. Uh, I thought 
so I have a very physical relationship with Joey Fontenot as he's an ex ex wrestler. So <laughs> I like sprint right, up to yeah. Joey at the the tailgate for Alabama and like kneel down in front of him and kind of like look like I'm gonna three point stance just blast him. It's not Joey Fontenot at all. Mm. Some random guy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, what's up? And it was like, uh, I just didn't play it off in a smooth way at all. Mm. It's pretty awkward. If he was smooth about it, he would have gone 3.2 back right at you. Right. Improv's about give and take. Right. Yes and. Yes. Right? But uh, maybe he was just a little confused and intimidated. Because I don't have, uh, you know, the, the most meager three-point stance. I, I'll come at you. I'll pop, you, pop, pop you, off. you never gave football a chance? I botched it, man. One of my biggest regrets. I think I wasted my athleticism on wrestling a good bit because, but I was always so small. Like, I didn't become kind of like a jacked superstar <clears throat> until like junior, senior year. By that time, it's it's way too, way too late, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to be in the system by like freshman. Right. And like, you were a tall guy, right? Yeah. So you were kind of at least had that going right. I was so short and so small and so wrestling it's like alright you can weigh whatever you want you're fighting the same right, size people right, right, right. but I remember excuse me a country day went out for football and that lasted about two weeks cause like there were just these big dudes and you're you're freaking like an older guy for your grade so you hit puberty Very earlier so. and like all this got stuff got held back yeah like you're one of the big scary guys yeah. and I was just not and like I don't know it was it's pretty scary, but I really I love football so much. Yeah. I wish I I wish I had man for sure. How did y'all's years do in football? Y'all did we all right? Y'all had uh, Matthews one of those years, didn't y'all? Troy Matthews is two years older than I. Um, he was a, a beast, boss boy. Yeah, boss um, man. But I want to say they lost in the playoffs. I remember my senior year. I think it was like Cooper Patagna drops the the punt. Mm. Uh, like the return or whatever, and that was like fumbles that. So we lost to Rumble, I think. Um, we, I don't know. I, Another big football bad was never huge. Delery, rest in peace. Shane yeah. Delery. That's right. He died. I think so. I think so. He got stabbed. No. I think so. For real? I believe so. That's what cousin Chris st- told me the other day. We need our stats guy to, we'll have to be get on back that. on that. Holy shit. Well, good. I was about to kind of make fun of him. He punched me in the face one time um, because I sat in his spot on the couch. But if he's truly passed, God bless him. I never got to meet him. But yeah, get back on that. My cousin Chris was telling me about that the other day. Outside of like Republic or something like that. I might be totally Fuck. fake news over here. I know. It might uh, be a name I'm crossing up with another bad mofo we're talking. But. Well, I know a guy named, I think, Rhett Hemel. Some some kind of Chris Hemel. Is that who you're sorry, thinking of? Sorry, Chris Hemel. sorry, I think he Delary, got shot. Yes. Hemel got shot. I think Shane Delery's Thank alive. Thank you for that up. Thank you for I hope he's alive. That is it. That is it. I'm sorry. Wow. What did you hear about that uh, story? That. Just exactly like what you said. Badass dude. I'm thinking of the, another badass dude getting stabbed for some reason. Not a, not a. F- I don't think he got stabbed, did he? Fuck. Nope. Can you imagine getting stabbed? Oh my gosh. I have to like prick my fingers every day, and that. Like hurts and oh man, just getting taking one in the in the fucking viscera. Juno, <laughs> right by the duard. <laughs> oh man, don't think you're gonna get away though. Uh, Fred stories. Did you ever not, did you ever have to like clean up girl diarrhea off the floor, or did you have to have to like punch bathrooms. a chick? You want to talk the about girls, the bathrooms? bathrooms. Ooh, they're kidding. They think they're clean. They are totally. College is when I learned that women are not these little dainty, clean princesses that you think so. They abuse toilet paper. Totally oh, excessive. Yeah, I bet they do. Mm-hmm. And their rooms, they just got clothes everywhere. Yeah. In fact, I don't. I don't 
know a woman with a clean that's a generalized statement i'm sure i know a couple but like i was very surprised getting into college realizing like y'all are just as gross as we are (laughs) oh yeah and it's very much evident in the bathroom at fred's i mean we had i mean we had you know we saw some white girl every once in a while in the bathroom. It was kind of frowned upon big time. We had beer oh, bottles white girl. broken, you know. Cocaine, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Giddy up. Um, we had some of that action always around, but not so much the toilet paper, the clogged toilets. Tampons everywhere. Tampons. Always had a girl that was in there, passed out a couple hours after, you know, clothes. <laughs> I was still throwing up. You had to pick her up, and it was not really a male problem or female bathrooms. And we had great bathrooms at Fred's. Very accommodating. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have to i'm sure you got in a couple fights and you have to separate off i've gotten uh a few a couple fights but the one time i got really snuck in the face was actually by a girl me and tommy piglet we were working one night come to think of it it was a uh, uh it was over drake photo this girl was going crazy over drake i will photo. say let's, <laughs> let's try and avoid using let's try and avoid using names here because uh it's not their decision to be on the air um he was not there at all though had no play. Right, this girl nothing. was just going wild. Right. <laughs> and a girl punched you in the face. Yes. Because. Because I want. We had to kick her out. She's being a, a nuisance. She's being an absolute nuisance on the scene. And we, me and Tommy, went to pick her up, kick her out, and uh, she went and just, boom, just clocked me, boom, and it went. It was really all white for a second. I was dozed off, and Tommy said, "Hey, pick her up by the legs." So I picked her up by the legs, and Tommy picked her up by the arms, and literally in the back door of Fred's on the right side of patio. Just kind of like threw her out? Because they're, you know, they're just they're just totally just un- like a little resisting snake. Resisting arrest? Yeah, just totally resisting. <laughs> I've been there, too. I've totally resisted myself. But this girl, we just went one, two, boom, out pizza of there. Pizza toss. What's that? P- we call it a pizza toss. <laughs> At Camp K-20, we'll stand on the float, uh, which is like this floating raft of in this beautiful mountainous lake and you take a little five-year-old you grab the wrist one person grabs the wrist one person grabs the ankles you go one two three and you try to throw them as high as you can and you'll scare some moms with that move right. for sure so i can't even imagine what no mother's out in tigerland though yeah hopefully Slim not yeah it's not a place for uh for well-behaved mothers um okay well holy shit but yeah they got it in the man they got some haymakers she that might have sucks. been low influence too on some other stuff as well. Yeah. She definitely had some a extra <clears throat> strength. Oh yeah, a little extra strength. How did she even off. reach you? Like, was this a big girl? You're she a tall just guy. Turned around and it doesn't take much reach, man. I mean, you're right there, not really under- under- not, underestimating them, kind of. And they you're just not expecting pop, it. Pop, boom. Yeah. I um, I've gotten punched in the face a bunch of times. Uh, I had my jaw broken once, right outside of Tigerland. Um. Never have I gotten punched by a girl. I don't. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. No. Don't question. Don't turn your back on them. Don't sleep on. Uh, don't sleep on those bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So that exhausts our entire uh, Fred's kind of. Freddy Doodah's got plenty, plenty of stories, but uh, yeah, I think so. The undergrad yeah. kind of conversation. I mean, it's always. It's. I go back there, and it's still family. You know, I go back, and it's. It's like the chain. It's that kind of the doorman. I don't recognize too much, but I go behind the bars. And you still, you'll still. You didn't see Joey Fontenot the other night, and Hunter Dawson right next to each other. I don't think so. It was crowded, man. Yeah, there's some old faces definitely all around, mm-hmm. and it's definitely uh, you have your you have your typical you know red, hairy, uh, your red, 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 red and hairy. Oh, the main bar, Jason Nay, Mark Frioli, who's just the best of owners. So let's try and avoid using uh, people's names. <sighs> Remember. 
That's right. Um, That's right. Note taken. But I don't. No, I don't. I was never a Fred's guy. I was Shady's. I think that was before your time. Prime time. Yeah, I didn't oh get any part of that action. God. Yeah, yeah. I was a big Shady's guy because I they would let me just walk up and and just make my own playlists and stuff. Free drinks Monday night, no cover. Free drinks for two hours. Right. One time. You ain't getting that Fred's. I'll tell you that right now. No, they run the price. It's a business. They it's a business. A it tight is a good tight shop. business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I was uh, never over there. But uh, one time I got so drunk. On Monday night at free, like we used to like really look forward to Monday nights. Just that would be our big party night, which is so cool. Uh, drove to Ole Miss with my big brother in the fraternity. Who was that again? Oh, yes, right. No, so no, we're not going to use right. names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, this could be a little shout out to Eric Gidry, uh, the lead drummer in Motel Radio. They're playing a, a show right now. Actually, we might want to hop over there if we finish up in a timely manner. But yeah, we were just. Honestly, he was just trying to make out with this girl, and he convinced me that she had a friend that was really beautiful. And I was like, oh! And I was like... Hotty toddy. Yeah, said. I was trying to like make yeah, yeah. like look cool in front of my big bro. I was like a recent oh, initiate naturally. in the frat. Yeah. So we... Dude, we drunk drove, and I'm not condoning this, Mom, but we uh, we drove about six hours with a case of beer just in the, the little center console. And when we got there... We almost got arrested trying to sneak into the the dorms because uh, sorority sophomore sorority girls in Ole Miss they live in dormitories. Eric's wearing these big stupid boots. <sighs> I don't. I feel like I shouldn't tell this. We gotta stop using names. We gotta stop using names because Eric's like happily in a relationship right uh-huh. now. Whatever. No one listens to this podcast anyway. Days. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing these Safe. dumb North Shore boots. <laughs> and we all we have to do it was like a movie scene. There was the girl on the other end of the elevator, like the elevator's on the other side of the room. We're at the entrance. There's a dude with his back turned, like running security or whatever, basically sleeping. It was like three a.m., four a.m. Uh, Eric clip clops because he's got no elegance whatsoever. Dude turns around, hey, I'm calling the cops. You guys gotta get out of here. We ended up sleeping on the ground somebody's somebody's place at like five a.m. Uh, definitely a, not as climactic. Climax, Max Fisk of a finish, as mm. you would hope, but uh, still a good story. You should have pivoted over to William Faulkner's and tried sneaking in there. William Faulkner's, he's he's established in uh, Ole Miss, big time. What's the name of of that city? Oxford. Oxford, Oxford, Mississippi. Oxford, yeah, yeah. He has a place right on the corner, right at some corner near the town square. <laughs> Beautiful it, town square, though. It's a gorgeous, like, yeah. everything's nice and clean and brick, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a big Old Faulkner school. guy? Big time. Well, yeah. you know, loosely, yeah. Sound the Fury, uh, As I Lay Dying is great. Is it? You gotta reread it. <sighs> I like Sound Fury better. I I really hate it, As I Lay Dying. But, I, I mean, I was 16 years old or whatever, 17, but... It's it's definitely obscure. It's pretty... It is. That's a perfect word for it. It's <laughs> obscure. Yeah. I like the whole different vantage points to tell the same story that's Giddy really up. fun yeah, yeah. um especially like the the special kid vardaman we used to call him retardaman right <laughs> sorry i never heard that my mother is a fish that was right. one, one yeah, of the chapters yeah. Is yeah, just, yeah 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 um yeah i don't i don't know but you're you're like a big literary english kind of i studied english dude, right? creative writing at uh, lsu right, pre-med so talk to me about some of your favorite authors mm well, I just read, uh, reread Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Kind of more simple book, but man, it is just Mark Twain. Talk about a goat. Talk uh, about somebody that couple way of good ahead quotes. of his time. Yeah, for real. Stupid ahead of his time. Um, quotes. 
Can't name on top. Well, I was I just I was saying. He's, oh no, he's. Uh, yeah, I should have a couple better, but he's just kind of like a Yogi Bear. I shouldn't. Yogi Bear is like a Mark Twain, but like just just quotes like will be remembered. Like amazing. I'm doing a horrible job proving that right now by not remembering. What's him. a Yogi Bear quote? I don't know Yogi Bear that well. Really, it's yeah, like. I'm uh, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Or like, uh, baseball's 90% mental and the other half is physical or whatever. Right. That kind of stuff. But 10%. Well, that's the joke, is that... Oh, my bad. The oh, mental sorry. aspect <laughs> is left wanting. Gotcha. Oh. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, are you big Alexandre Dumas? Uh, Three Musketeers kind of Monte Cristo guy? No. Oh. <gasps> I, uh, I envy you. You got some fun times ahead. Okay, I'm currently reading the third installment of the Three Musketeers, but the Count of Monte Cristo. You've never read that? <sighs> I can't God, say, man, dude. Oh man, that's the best book ever written. Really? Like, what would you say is the best book ever written? The Shining. Huh? Yeah. I, I saw the movie. The I read the opening chapter. Just read the book. Get a fuller picture. I mean, they condense as much as they can within that movie, and it's great. I mean, I love Jack. Fabulous Jack movie. kills it. In that you movie. seem like a Jack Nicholson big time, guy. Big time, yeah. big time, maybe too big time. <laughs> I agree. A little bit of like a kind of, you're kind of a scary dude somewhat. Yeah, a little bit of myself in him, for sure. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Stanley Kubrick, say what you will. I'm not his biggest fan, but... Wait, yeah, that, he did The Shining, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, sir. He's a little... His movies make me feel weird, and not in like the... Not in like a cool way. I don't know. I'm not a big Kubrick fan, mm-hmm. but I did read the the opening. Clockwork That's, Orange. Sorry to cut you off. You know, you seem like the guy from Clockwork Orange, actually. <laughs> um, but Alex, fuck that movie. Read the read the book. Yeah. Also, yeah. But no, the movie's good. That's what opened me up. One of my good friends opened me up to really. That was a movie that opened me up in cinema. I was a junior. I was real, you know, fresh to a lot of like old cinema, and he he showed me that, and I was changed, man. I thought that was just. I think if I rewatch now, probably maybe not as, you know, brilliant as I probably thought it was. I I, I take that, I retract that statement. I really believe it's a great film. I'll I'll give you singing in the rain while like beating the shit out of that couple. That was stark. I'll tell you, that's that's a stark opening. That was like a the starkest of openings. That was board. that was really really. I don't want to say good or cool and like it's horror show. It's horror show. It was horrifying in a in a in a palatable way, I suppose. Um, but uh, I don't know that movie. It was just so long and so like miserable and mean and like I don't know. I'm, well, I like kind of nice. I'm a nice boy, you know. I'm not like a for sure. mean guy. Kind for of sure, movie. I like tapping into the mental, you know. But a Certainly. funny thing about that detail is that was not part of the book. And okay. Burgess that's not as original that was actually a Kubrick detail so maybe you know little details like that that's probably Kubrick adding you know maybe adding a little more cruel tone mm-hmm. along it but it was um, yeah Singing in the Rain that was kind of his own little addition there and it definitely you know was probably a good one and it definitely echoes in a lot of our uh, our dark hearts yes yes indeed yeah. um, keep going with books though like your favorite books because I want you to say one that I love too and then we'll be like oh sure um have you ever even like read about the kind of Monte Cristo, or, or even like? No, have you, you haven't heard no, people freak out about it and stuff. Well, I, well, I, I'm thinking of Edgar Allan. Well, now I'm, I'm associating Edgar Allan Poe with. Uh, I think I'm thinking of a totally different short story that's not the Monte Cristo at all. Count of Monte Cristo. What is the Count of Monte Cristo? Before I just it's, continue uh, to butcher this. <laughs> well, let's so. talk EAP 
uh, later because he's great. The short stories, yeah. the cast of Amontillado, Telltale Heart. I'm of. Dude. I guess, okay, Monte Cristo, yeah. Monte Aldo. That's okay. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, you got to get your facts straight. You're saying people are dead and stuff that are yeah, still I do. living. I do. I do. Very big, scary I'm sorry guys, about that too. Again, Sean. Shane. Shane. You're drunk. Anyway, Count of Monte Red, Cristo. Red wine you got drunk. This, you got this drunk. young sailor who's got his whole life ahead of him. He's killing him. He's got a smoking hot piece, and he's like about to get married. And then. Boom, all these dudes are super jealous of him, kind of conspire against him, throw him in prison, the Chateau d'If, for like 20 years. My man is wrongly in prison, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's like he gets out, he finds this massive treasure that makes him the biggest, most badass dude in the whole world, like unlimited funds, and he goes to exact his revenge on all these dudes, and it's like 20 years later, nobody recognizes him, he's he's like got all these cool servants and these neat tricks, and he's amazing and everything, because in prison he was like learning from this brilliant guy, so he could speak like a million languages, he's wow, like, brilliant. dude, it is, and like, I'm, I'm reading the translated version, because this is all written in French, and kudos to whoever translated this because just the most brilliant sentences like those nice long lofty sentences that just keep going in the perfect words like mm. oh dude and it's uh i really like kind of that whole period of formality being like a big thing where you're like oh a thousand of pardons to my most spectacular majesty uh-huh. Uh-huh. a little more antiquated would yeah like real kind of old school would that your permission accept a audience of mine this evening like just fun use of language yeah. you know because like today everything's kind of like quick and right, right, right. expletives but oh man this just prosaic is yeah. that a word that Surely. means nicely yeah, written? yeah 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 just oh dude poetry pretty much yeah. but just novel narrative form right, right. I, dude that's the book I recommend that's my hands down favorite book Oat and then the same author wrote The Three Musketeers which is like similar but a little more lighthearted. A little more fun. Really haven't given any chance to Three Musketeers and the story behind it. I love Three Musketeers, the candy bar, which is really a shame with this whole this whole thing. <laughs> huh. Fuck Three Musketeers. Is it with like the marshmallow-ish Just straight cream? nougat. No, it's got like the white stuff inside, right? That's nougat. I thought... I don't know. Marshmallow nougat. It's kind of a marshmallowy uh, kind of nougat. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's All definitely right. a lighter kind of nougat. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. I'll definitely look into that though. The Count of Monte Cristo. What are you reading right now? Well, reading right now, I'm about to be. I'm about to finish *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl. Nonfiction. No fiction. Very much. No, my bad. Nonfiction. Sorry. Totally. That's the one where it's real. Very too too real. Yeah. I mean, about the Holocaust. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a psychiatrist that was there and just basically giving his take on what made people survive there and what people didn't survive there and just the thousands of people. I mean, just just the sheer conditions that they went through. And he also talks about his logotherapy and his kind of psychotherapy. That it looks, it's this kind of logotherapy that he does. Logotherapy is basically like his uh, man is basically, you got to search for a meaning and kind of lose sight of that. It's not so much, you know. Uh, sublimations, reaction formations, that psychology breaks it down to. People really got to get back to what, you know, what's man's search for meaning, what what it is that's going to make them get by every day. And a lot of them, a lot of people that were religious got, and that were more intellectual, got by the Holocaust. Hmm. Those that weren't so much, they just, they, they said, this is my, this is it. Like, it's not going to get, I don't have nothing to live for. But not that those that aren't don't have anything to live for, but the con- sheer conditions were so awful that it was, they couldn't, 
they couldn't find peace within their own mind at the end of the day. Right. Dude, man needs purpose. Like that's the the meaning of life is to make meaning and, mm-hmm. and search for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't Yes, you need money, but like you need to to live, to to thrive. Like mm-hmm. you need an aim, you need a goal, right? Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. something to do. You need a backbone. Yeah. God, I'm so pumped. We live in 2018. We've got the cushiest setup in the whole universe. Yeah, very snuggly. Do you ever feel <laughs> do you ever feel guilty? Any uh, white guilt? I do. Up sometimes in there? I feel too happy. Sometimes every and I'm day. Like, honestly, I, yeah. sometimes I think it's a sin when I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. We're not really losing though, but low key, you know, we got We need a good case of humble pie all the time to really understand just how grateful we are. And it's just you're right. Very cushiony. Very. Uh, take it day by day i'm very grateful for what we have to go through but it's, it's yeah conditions that some people went through my hats often i mean and rest their souls that didn't make it through but it's right. just gosh we are uh very blessed what kind of pussies right right i mean air conditioning internet quite a conversation with air conditioning among southerners i mean it's not really a thing in a lot, a lot of other places but yeah internet i think internet's definitely a conundrum there we'll go on with the Era. air conditioning like well they don't really have a lot of ac out in like pacific northwest right california it's really south it is just no not necessarily it's i mean yeah they do of course but we really i want to say pretty widespread california it's it's not very common to have it it's not i just got back from australia like sydney it's not super common um I would think in the Northwest, though, when it gets freezing. It's just like when you have the extreme right. of yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, hum- can you imagine? I guess just so much of my comfort is, like, not sweating balls. But, like, what, normally when I'm walking around heat and whatnot, like, my pores are just blasting through. But, like, I just couldn't imagine New Orleans, New Orleans 100 years ago. Are mm. you kidding me? Mm. In July? Mm. Fuck that. The heat. The heat. My God, the heat. The heat. But, you know, we are pussies, though, when it comes right down to it. We could bear it if we really, you know, we just, we're comfortable. We know what we have with the AC, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. Once we know it, we know we got it. If we didn't know it, like right. those cats, I think we just bear up and put our cowboy boots on, and we'd get it done. Cowboy hats, 10 cowboy gallons. Cowboy hats, right, 10 gallons, or half gallons. <laughs> <laughs> well, where did that come from? Why did you wear a cowboy hat? Well... It was one day when I was super stoned, and I had a whole, like, one-piece, like, labor outfit on, and I was actually going to meet with some CTK friends, but they don't they didn't know I was stoned, some CTK people. And we did a whole video because I was doing, like, a retreat leader or something like that. And I had this, I went back to UView, good old UView, and I'm sitting around with my boys on the couch, and I, I just come over for shits and gigs. I had my 10-gallon my hat, my grandpa's hat, Stinson, Stinson hat, and uh, bring it over, and I meet, and I'm uh, wearing it, and... Uh, they're about to go, you know, it's a classic Sunday, Sunday fun day. They're going to go get crawfish. I'm wearing the hat. I'm like, you know, you should wear it. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. But I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. And then I go on out there, and uh, it was serenaded that Sunday. And after that, I mean, I was referred to as cowboy, space cowboy. You know, some people call me the cowboy. Some people call me the gangster of love. I just ran with that, basically. And then mm-hmm. I put it behind the bar. I shaved my head all bald that next summer. Oh, yeah. I, it really was a kind of a... I was in Grand Isle, and I really... My little sister, Georgia, they, you know, they 
when I'm drunk and black and I'm going to bed and everybody's having fun and uh, <laughs> when they start cutting at my hair, I'm not one to or riding on my face and doing the whole, you know, and I'm not one to be like, stop, I'm kind of fueling, fueling the whole, you know, thing. I'm not like one to stop it. And then all of a sudden I wake up and it is just, you know, they just butcher it. I got dents in the hair. I mean, it's like you basically have to shave it all, shave it or, or go bald. And this is a perfect opportune time to just you straight edge it. it. I remember did that. it and uh, came back and I had a bald head and <laughs> and uh, no and I went back and I would wear it on and off that summer with the bald head. It fit really snug around my bald head because it was a little bit two sizes too big, but mm. um, that was how the bald head. Dude, that's an intense to cut somebody's hair when they're passed out drunk, like. It was it's monitored. Aggressive. It was monitored for sure. I mean, it was definitely like not by you. It wasn't necessarily. I was little. I was awake. I was awake, kind of like you know, just take it easy, like you know, what's it called when you get slumbered? Playing around, getting slumbered. Once you get your face all written on, and somebody chops one piece of hair off, you're just it's too far gone at that point. Yeah. No, I've <laughs> one of the fucking worst mornings of my life. Probably the the worst hangover I've ever had. Uh, I'm up in my cabin in the woods in New York. And we all just get hammered because we're sick and, like, young. And nice. I I pass out first. And when I wake up, it's to my kind of alarm that's been going off for 30 minutes saying, Mom's about to come pick you up bring you to church. So I'm, like, sick. Like, I was truly needed fluids. Like, it was bad. Yeah. So I kind of crawl to the, the refrigerator, like, <laughs> get some some water. Like, okay, all right, I'll just get ready, like. We can do this. Go into the to the bathroom, and in the mirror I see swastikas all over my face, like oh. giant dicks all over my arms and in my face and stuff. And it's like, oh my god! Mm. I like drag myself into the shower. I'm like, <laughs> kind of like watch, like wiping myself clean. It's not coming off. Like red sharpie, you got to really. It takes <laughs> it takes some elbow grease, and I just did not have much time. And so I did the best I could to like get it out. My mom picks me up. She's like, come on, come on. Why are you taking something? Like, and like, this is when I'm, you know, 17, 18. So you're still trying to hide the fact that you're hangover, hungover from your parents. Luckily now, every Sunday when I go to dinner, I'm just, I could just be hungover, right. which is nice. But so I, I just kind of put my head in between my legs. How old were you at this point? I must have been like 18. Yeah. So, uh, of course, from like our little camp to church, is like a nice 20 minute kind of windy road through the mountains and so i'm just like absolutely dying what part of new york is this uh upstate new york i don't want to say exactly where because it's a, the greatest kept secret ever Beautiful. but um I respect that sorry let's make it a lot of noise just put him on the on the bed um so it, it's not too far from the city but it's like nice in the the woods and hairman and well i just said hairman there we go um so we make it all the way to church and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to make it. Like, I'm definitely going to have to throw up in the parking lot. But, I mean, I'm going to have to throw up in the bathroom. But I can, like, make it into the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. We're pulling by this cute little family. I just go, and, like, throw outside of the car as we're trying to park. My mom was not happy and just, it was a mess. It was, it was gross. The gig was up. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an aggressive mood, just just writing all over somebody's face well how was your face at that time totally clean not totally clean i'll be honest like like rubbed off and like to the best of my ability but but still like 
it was seen bad. by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit could definitely see it. Hopefully, not too many of the, the Christians. Wow. Chew yeah. Away. Yeah. No. I mean, it's a it's a brutal. I mean, that's a timeless slumber, right? If there. someone cut my hair, though, I would I would punch somebody in the face. It's, if you're if it's your littlest sister, it's just the it's the one exception to the rule kind of thing. You know? Fair. Fair. You fair. know. You know. And it's you understand that. I'm the I'm the baby. I'm the youngest, so I've never had to deal with punk ass like little siblings. But no, I've, I'm the punk ass little sibling. Yeah. So I feel like you're great with kids, though. Who are those Love two little kids. girls you look after a lot of times? Look like um, your nephews. Or well, something? that's an entire matter uh, entirely. No. Um. Oh, my little niece. Yeah. Little uh, half Korean. Nieces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, little Veda. Shout out her. She's two and Veda. a half years old. Great name. Yeah, really fun. Veda Persephone Fisk. Almost sounds like Veda Veda Peron. Veda Peron. Veda Peron. Who's that? Donde that, esta? That no, is right. um. Qui esta? You ever seen uh? Evita? It's actually Avita. Sorry, Avita Peron. Living Avita Loca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably did live a little. She did in the time that she had, but she was a um. She was actually a street girl in Argentina that politicked her way up to, like, vice president, uh, not really, but basically married Perón, mm-hmm. the president of Argentina in the mid-50s. She was a spiritual leader. She was this amazing woman. Madonna plays her in a, this movie. This, this It's called Evita. You ever heard of that? No. Me and my mom, we watched it a few times. You can listen to the soundtrack and you just go through it all, like, just an auditory experience, man. It is beautiful. She lived a life. Sounds cool. Uh, Argentina's on my list, like, pretty soon. I want to do South America next because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cheap and it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and Argentina apparently just has the most beautiful women and food because mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, sectioned off from the rest by, like, the Andes Mountains, maybe? Yeah, Chile, Chile, is it going, Chile goes to the Andes. Oh, uh, it's Chile, but I think that's what you were talking about. Sorry. My Spanish is very uh, mediocre. <laughs> Did you did, were you a Spanish in high school guy? At Palacios, yes. Okay. I really wasn't a big. I I took Latin, I didn't like Spanish so much at Jesuit mm-hmm. that I took Latin, which is kind of I big. Loved mistake. Latin. <gasps> Oof. Awkward. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, I just when you have, I think when you're a Jesuit, you probably prioritize Latin a little more than you would say if you have pre meds at LSU, where you're just given that much time. I mean, I if I was really responsible, I would have gone back and really given myself to Latin because Latin really is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's just, it's a puzzle. It's, Boom. It's a, uh, you know, there's a three different ways of translating a word. It's it's kind of, you have to look at it in context. But I think once you really get down to it, I looked at some people that just got it and I was like, God, you were just, and they're translating some of the most beautiful, I mean, just, I mean, and everything, it's the root of everything. Dude, learning Latin helped me so much. Just for Spanish, English. I think for Spanish, yeah. Spanish, English. Yeah. Um, there's a great quote. Reading, maybe it was scripture or just, yeah, reading scripture in translation is like kissing a girl through cloth. Mm. Pretty cool. Imagine That's, reading the yeah. ancient Greek version of the Iliad. Or, you know what I mean? It's oh, like, man. It's sexy. Yeah. No, oh, I loved it, man. I was, and I was like a nerd with it. I, I basically, in class, would do. The, that night's homework because I had done the class before yeah. that day. So, like, you would sit and, like, all right, in this class, we're going to do these 60 lines or whatever, and I would already be, like, 100 lines ahead. Right. And so I never, ever had to do homework for, like, four years because it was just, like, 
I already had it all done. Uh, oh, I love it. Yeah, exactly like you said. It's a puzzle, and plus it's badass stories. It's like Hercules oh, yeah. or or Hector right. or Achilles or something doing the original bad. manuscripts. Of, yeah, I mean, we spent two years. Epics. And this is Greek, not Latin, but kind of the same thing, mm. just different alphabet. Um, we spent like two years doing the Odyssey, which is just such a cool story. It's like the story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, comparisons are drawn between that and the Bible. And, you know, it's kind of the classic biblical-ish epic of about one guy trying to teach the world how to live their best life. So, Very freaking neat. Pretty important yeah. uh, thing. But I cut you off. Go on, continue. Well, um, it does help to get back into the Spanish avenue of thought. It does help with the roots there. I think Spanish could be very much more understood, and I could go back and even appreciate my Spanish roots of Jesuit. <clears throat> but uh, I really like where you're going with the Argentinian women there, because I'm ooh, thinking about ooh, that. Ooh. I'm thinking about my experience in Rio de Janeiro. Ooh, but I and see. You want to talk about body rocking. <laughs> Body I do. Rocking. I would like to. I mean, it's. Uh, I went for World Youth Day after after my senior year at Jesuit. When cool. saw the Pope on the beaches of Rio de Janeiro, we went through Paraguay for. He a doesn't week. seem like a beach guy to me. It wasn't originally a beach guy, but then they had crocodile. It flooded in Rio, and crocodiles were all over where like this green part of like Rio de Janeiro. So they had to move to the beach, and literally for about, I think it was probably I'm thinking of the distance of beach. It was like. But four and a half miles. I mean, we were we we hiked all day from starting at eight o'clock just to get to the very back end. We had, they had you know TV screens to see the Pope up close. HD we Pope. <laughs> Pope Francis. Papa Francisco. Clink 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 clink. clink. <laughs> I think I saw JP. Duh. I don't. I don't think I've ever really? seen uh, Frank. Yeah, JP is a little. Well, where did you see him? In a little place called the Vatican, home court. Wow. Yeah. Home court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was cool. Do you talk about like, because the dude speaks eight different languages, so we gave his hello, what up address in each different language, and every time he switched languages, you would hear, because there was this mass of hundreds of thousands of people, just like way in the background. It's like, those are the, you know, the Spanish. Wow. Dude, yeah, that powerful. Was, uh, yeah, I don't, I've never you seen see anything all those like that surround it. it. Right th- yeah, you want to talk about? That's a whole conversation if we want to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Catholicism, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a wealthy organization, man. Talk about a possessor of priceless, massive works of art. Yeah, you walk Just in the, the Vatican, Vatican, it's stupid oh. humbling. Uh, yeah. Have you ever been? Yeah, it's an echo chamber and a half. Dude, there the, was one. Uh, the Pieta, is it called? It's uh, Mary holding Christ after the after he's crucified. And, like, you're not even allowed within 100 feet of it. Right, you have to right. kind of, like, look at it with your binoculars right. inside. Right. Because that, the St. Peter's Basilica, is that what Yes. So big. Oh, yeah. my God. Sistine Chapel. Yeah. The wall, like, zipping around everywhere. Holy freaking crap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But how was like Brazil Pope? How was that? Brazil Pope, uh, prop, I mean, he was from Argentina, so it was very much his home court, like, and he's a Whoa. Jesuit, which is also very cool. You know, going with a bunch of other Father Fitzgerald was there. Well, rest in peace, Father Fitzgerald, um, and a couple other Jesuits. You sure, he passed away. Yes, we're definitely sure about him. Yeah, All right, bless up, Father. Ago, yeah, a little bit of redemption there, but sorry again, Shane. Um, 
But no, we went and it was just amazing, man. I mean, it was just, you saw mostly, you saw people from everywhere. Probably the coolest people I met that was nearest Americans were the Australians. There you go. Speaking of. Those are some hilarious people. Hilarious. Oh my God. Boisterous. Perfect word. Like the the spiel I always give is like super animated all over the place. (laughs) Like so much fun. Just like drunk and loud and tan and. Just charming as all hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had many dreams about Australian women myself. I might have to get back over there on the land down under. Have you been? Nope. Nope. Still need so to book that one. So you might need to just go there. Period, you mean? Mm, no, indefinitely. No, you no, said no, no, you no, might no, need no, to no, get back period. over there. I just need to go spend a summer there. It would be nice if I had the time. Yeah, you do. A nice... Well, when is summer over Isn't summer kind of a different... Ag- Winter over here. Right. So when I went, I was like, summer, summer, summer. And now I'm getting into winter for my first time in a year and a half and not super pumped about it, Mm. but it's okay because uh, Australian women or even just the women in Australia, because for in Sydney, for example, it's a huge melting pot, global city, Bondi Beach. (laughs) They they don't have fat people in Australia. Yeah. It's just not a thing. I saw maybe like three overweight people in like five months. Unbelievable. And they were probably tourists. It's just super, maybe a little vain, but like fit culture, right. like pretty, just, I mean, even the dudes, like yeah. there's just like, and people are just hot. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina was like that. Dude. Argentine women are just, I mean, not as body rocking as say Brazilian stuff. That's what I hear about Brazil. But more tan, white smiles, crystal blue eyes mm-hmm. you just wake mm-hmm. up to every morning. Like it, 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 it's brunette, um, like Chile, Chile oh, tan. too. Tan. Yeah. Son of a bitch. The problem with it is the language barrier, which is why we get gets back to Spanish here hmm. and being able to really not too big, but they really know English well too. It's kind of just you're the chump that just knows English out right. there. But yeah, but between Argentina, that's a really nice pocket between Argentina, Brazil, and Chile. Were probably some really cool people, coastal kind of women right there. But I hear Chile not so much. No. I, had a, I had a dear friend who lived there for like a whole two months or something like that. And he said, uh, next. There was one girl that reminded me of a girl that I loved way back when. That It was eerie how close, but just a, a Chilean version. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about this girl. Well, she, uh, actually, funny story about her. I'll, I'll pitch her on here. All right. No <laughs> she, names. No names, of course. It's actually most anonymous of stories. I had mm-hmm. a girl call me once on an anonymous call. And I'm kind of a guy that entertains these situations. <laughs> When I'm young, especially, and you don't get these paid. Now I don't entertain them anymore because they get all these just, they don't come. You know, telemarketing and it's just a bunch of BS all the time. Scam schemes and this girl calls me and she gives no information about herself. but She has a sexy little scratchy voice and she just wants to know about me. She's talking about me and I'm the kind where I'm really at this point in my life and this is post a breakup and I'm like really, really just spilling putting yourself across. out there. Yeah, it's very freeing, honestly, when it comes right down to it. And uh, we had about... Six, seven conversations, and meanwhile, I, I, I didn't know who this girl was the whole time, but at this time, I was crazy about this girl. This was a girl that was, uh, I didn't know who it was right then and there. I couldn't tell by voice. She gave no indication of who she was. I would try to pry into it, but didn't give any much this room for that. Is this a random number that rang you Anonymous, up? Anonymous, you know. Could says, you see the number? Or no, it said star no 69. Yeah, star 69. Star 67. Yeah, we wish it was 69. Yeah, star 69 would be sick. <laughs> Honestly, not a huge fan of 69. We'll get into that after. Go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's difficult for the women. 
it's just they get too they get too excited. They can't do their own job. Have you ever been on top of a sixty nine? I asked that to Joey Giglio once. No, I haven't. Yes. I haven't. That's kind of eye-opening there. <laughs> I should hope you were not on top of a 69. Well, my dick curvature wouldn't exactly work too well. <laughs> a gentleman could can only go on, under, on the bottom. Right. Jesus. Imagine being a girl like all that. Sack. In your face. <laughs> <laughs> Seems uncomfortable. Anyway, final closing thoughts on, on 69. You're you're focused on what you're doing, so you're not even really enjoying what you're getting, mm-hmm. which is kind of a beautiful metaphor, I suppose. But I would rather isolated incidents mm-hmm. of each mm-hmm. prolongs the entire experience mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so horny. Okay, continue. <laughs> you're yeah, ta- you're spilling d- your beans. You got your guts. You got spilling your beans. Doing my life story. Uh, Duodenum, open jejunum, even on the brink of just third just one. Give me the third one. one. Oh man, my pre-med du- duodenum, jejunum, and the uh, ilium. Nice. I was gonna say sounds like a oh, Greek man. epic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, good. That was that was my little pre-med. On the spot, on so, the radio waves. I know, know. You just gotta know it. You know, you know, Unimpressed. you know. Why doubt it? But uh, so this girl, I at some point we're having great conversations. I mean, these are like long. These are probably like 30, 45 minute conversations apiece. Oh, so this. I don't know how she. I don't know how she keeps it up, just not giving any. I would at, at some point I give up, and she just knows how to question. She just goes in questioning more and more and more, and I. Uh, and at some point I miss a call, mm-hmm. and I'm really kind of upset. I'm like, oh man, hope she'll call again. And I think I missed it one more time, and then she never called after that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that story ends. But in meanwhile, in in real time, this girl. I probably was, I was the type in high school with this girl, I was maybe getting, wanted a little, get more to the action, right to it, you know, Fair. I was jumping the gun, and you know, in hindsight I would have taken a little more slow, if I could have, with this girl, but she so was you an were uptown being girl. Kind of graphic? She, with her in person? You met her in person? No, no, yeah, we're good friends in person, during this time. I just don't know who it is over the phone, I can't tell wait, by the voice. Wait, wait, wait. Not the best of friends, we were real good friends for a second, then she kind of ghosted me. She ghosted so, me, and during this ghost period, she anonymous called me. And you couldn't tell it was she? And then you guys had... Not that good enough friends to tell a scratchy, po- a scratchy voice from another. What a so weird then, scenario. Yeah, yeah, pretty weird, pretty weird. But I was, but then, I didn't figure this all out until about... Let me see. Three years later, two years into college, I she, she texts me, hey, you want to go get some lunch? I go, and she says, hey, I got something to tell you. That was me on the phone the whole time. <laughs> What did you say? Did you whip said, it out? Whoa, mama. <laughs> that was probably my reaction. I didn't exactly say that, but I said, wow. Uh <laughs> that's crazy. Um What was her end game? What what the There's something about anonymity that's just appealing, right? You can oh, say yeah. whatever you want, no oh, consequences. Yeah. Oh yeah. I worked on a suicide hotline for two years. I can uh Did I, you really? Did. Yeah, yeah. And then um well you can't disclose too much, but it was Or you can disclose a bunch. Yeah, I can. Well, there's a lot of consistent callers. Oh, no. No, oh, good. It's usually people just need somebody to talk to. Not as much as the oh, no situation as people that are actually suicidal. Okay. You have a model. So you you don't have to be in the midst. You can be considering it or depressed and just call. Call me somebody to talk. A lot of people just don't have supports. You're an angel. What made you start doing that? I just always thought mental health was for me. And I thought that if I really want to get into this... That's 
pretty cool work and I was looking up ads for it and I'm like, man, everybody should do this. You just learn to listen. Huh. And I just thought that was just a ticket to, you know, keep my foot in the door. I actually got a job yesterday as a psych tech at UMC right down Canal. Congratulations, Thank brother. You. So I'm just trying to get in the main psychiatric setting, but I was on the phone, anonymous, very freeing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call for different reasons. A lot of people for resources, a two-on-one call. A lot of people call like two-on-one, like you get like, you know, shelters or uh, food or um two on one what does that refer to two on one is like a number you call to for like community resources hmm. like people call that like if they're homeless or something they need to like go to like a shelter or they need to go um get like a food pantry like bishop ott bishop right i was a crucial resource gotcha i was just thinking like you would get two callers at once but that's, no 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 that's no, not no. What you're saying. no you could get to, only time if you have a third party, you can get two callers. If you have somebody on another line, but that's usually on the same line. Mm-hmm. Or if you're dialing 911 to dispatch or something like that, you know. But you follow a model. You get, you taught this model for three months. Mm-hmm. You pretty basically help people find a plan of action. You tune in. You find out what their wants are, what um, what their current daily activities are, what their usual and like what their usual daily activities are before this precipitating event happened. Mm-hmm. Something that happened that got them. Just they need to calm down or whatnot, and what how that's changed since that event. It might happen mm-hmm. that day. It might happen a couple weeks before. That's led up to this. You know what? It's usually sleep and basic things like sleep and eating and just trying to get them back to uh, regular coping habits and just trying to help them find coping mechanisms. Wow. A lot of people don't have supports. They don't have family or friends. So it's that's why a lot of consistency call daily, and that's when you really build rapport and they kind of they kind of know you get who the you same are. Caller back. Yeah. Okay, they'll call and they start liking you and and they'll have favorites and whatnot but they'll just call literally and you'll go you'll just some of them are rambling a little more so than others but i'm kind of a brick wall i mean i i will talk for a day i will talk i'll give them that time i really hmm. will i won't try to rush it i'll try to you know i'll throw humor in there whenever i can I'll were try you to, going into a facility and take yes, or did yes, it patch crisis to your... intervention center Okay. Which is right Dude. behind. It was a it was an amazing program. You're it a actually, wonderful guy. Thank you, pal. I learned from my predecessors. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but I, I did it my junior fall semester. It was right after I was done rushing. Mm. And I was like, man, I got this fall to like really take mental health seriously. So I just did that three months, learned this model. And then if you, you do learn that model, and then you also learn suicide risk assessment. If they're really suicidal, you got to ask, are you thinking about killing yourself tonight? And if they really are, and if they really are, they'll say right then and there. But if they're doubting, they'll kind of beat around it, and you'll, you'll mm-hmm. try to talk them down and tune in the part that wants to live, part that wants to die. And eventually, they do hopefully want to live. And if they don't want to live, then you might have to dispatch. Or you'll, so you have or, like a 911 button that you can like... Yeah, not exactly button, but yeah, you just call them up basically. Jesus, how do you know where they are? Like, how do you know where to send nine one one? They you can have to get their information. The... You have to. You really have to gain report and get trust, and just say like, "Hey, do you, I'm really concerned about you and your well being right now. We really want the best for you. Would you mind giving me your address if you decide to do something?" But I, mm. thankful, I didn't have too many situations like that. A lot of times, what I would do, which is kind of not too good, but if I was talking to somebody for an hour, hour twenty, and doing the best I can to explore their options for why they want to live, and you know, try to get them to. Give them make a to-live decision. You want them to make a promise. I'm going to promise to take care of myself tonight. If they mm. can't promise to take care of themselves, then I'll sometimes say my shift is over. I do like three or four-hour shifts and say my shifts, I'm going over shift. I'll say, okay, well, you might have a follow-up for you in three hours to check on you. 
and you promise to take care of yourself to that point. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. they'll do that, and they call back, and usually a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. I calm down. Thank your guy earlier. He really helped me out. And that's that the best feeling. That is rewarding Yeah, that's good. Did you ever have any kind of dicey... I had one dicey um, transsexual situation. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I normally like no, to No, actually, of... I'm thinking of another dicey transsexual, <laughs> transsexual situation. At the new hotline I worked at in New Orleans, which we can explicate on that a little bit, maybe. Let's get there. Let's get there. But this one, she had an awful backstory that led to her transsexual decision. And it was quite... It was, it was just she had, you know, her... Her father committed suicide at twelve. Her mom was just completely negligent. You know, didn't. didn't her father ne- committed suicide when she was twelve. Twelve, okay. yeah, and okay. yeah, that was her life. That was her life force. You know, it's like, and the mom was never much up until that point. And you know, you start making decisions drastic, and she thinks that you know becoming transsexual is going to be what's going to give her peace. And it's, it's not quiet. And it's like you feel like she's at the end of the road, and she tells you, you know, it's. She says that she has an all. I don't want to explicate too much, but basically, she says that she's. I have, a, I have a boyfriend that's coming in town, and I want to, you know, I want him to be there for my funeral on Sunday. He's from Kentucky, online boyfriend, kind of like weird situation. I'm like, oh, I'm like, whoa, that's like a huge alarm bell. Like, that's like, and she has a peaceful tone, you know, she's like, it's people that are like really ready, that are like, you really have, there's no conflict in their tone. It's just like, they're, they're, they, they're, they're ready kind of deal. Yeah. And it's coming from a place that I can't understand all everything. I can, I can do the best I can to empathize with somebody that's gone through all they've been through and to make a decision like that. And you want to say, you know, you know, you, you, you should want to live, you should want to, uh, find love somebody you deserve to be loved kind of deal. And some people don't have that for so long. And I say, man, you should, your boyfriend's coming to town. You should, you shouldn't do that to him. You shouldn't do that to yourself. You should, you should really, he cares about you. You've had a great rapport. You're about to finally meet him. Like, at least give him the time of day till then. And then, you know, it's, but it's, uh. I feel like one of the worst things about suicide is what you're doing to your loved ones. Like, it's kind of taking the easy way out for you and like whatever, but it's such a dick move to your, like, like you could, would just crush your parents and so right. many people and stuff, right? How do you, here's kind of an intense question. How do you feel about, suicide like i used to think i'll kind of make it a long story short but one person i was living with one of my roommates i had like 11 roommates in sydney and one of them was we just had the worst life just truly just his life sucked and it didn't really look like it was gonna get much better he was just in an awful place and, and i won't go into it but it was bad and it was kind of the first he kind of threatened to commit suicide a couple times and it was like the first time I had ever genuinely been like, "All right, would that be bad? Like, would that would that make his situation? Wouldn't that make his situation better? Because it seemed like the way he was just going to keep on going and living, and and his parents like cut him off, and and he was like so depressed and bipolar and antisocial and just kind of nuts. And it was like the first time I had ever been like, "Well, maybe his condition might improve." through suicide it's like we know that he's in hell right now we don't know what happens after so like i i it was the first time i couldn't be like no no no, you Mm -hmm. you can't ever commit suicide Mm -hmm. you have to choose to live Mm -hmm. like blah blah blah. but like is death like that bad i mean and of course i don't want to freaking condone suicide but i want to genuinely question like what's bad about it what's like the fact that you can empathize that just i mean you've you've clearly knew his history and you know everything about him to the point that you can emphasize just that possibility that choice 
you know, and the fact that imagine being in his shoes. I mean, it's like can it's, you imagine that maybe death is my better alternative here? Ugh, it's a. Uh, uh, it's hard, and who are we to really tell people? You know, we're not one to say, you can't. It's their life, and they choose to, you know, do what they want. But at the end of the day, you really want them to have hope. You're there to be a vessel of hope. You're there for them to think that you can get out of this, you know. But even how dark the hole may be, um, as professionals, we're trained. And as friends, and as as people, we're trained to, to believe in the light of life, you know, not the dark side. And it's... It is scary. It's very scary. And some people, they think that it's a dead-end road. You know, it's like that. This is it. Like, there's not going to get any better. There's no There's no real hope. It's not going to get any, you know, uphill from here. And believe me, there's been times on the phones where I've heard so many, all these backstories. And I've been just like you, kind of like dead silent. Like, I have nothing really to say, kind of. But yeah. you still are there. And you're you still have to tune in the part of them that there's, like we said earlier... Everybody has a purpose to live, a purpose for meaning. There's got everybody. I think you have a purpose, right? I think I don't know if it's like you were put here for a purpose, but I think the best way to navigate the problem of existing, living in a dimension characterized by suffering on all sides, is to the best way is to like pick a goal that you finding a why. Right, like, yeah. So I don't know if there's it, always a house there that. at the beginning. I think you kind of need to make it, and that's the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's tough for them to get back to that. Yeah. A lot of these people, and it seems like it's they're too far off to get back to it, and it's time lost. Time is really a difficult kind of thing in this whole thing because depending on how old your friend was or whatnot, it, it might seem like his time's up. Right. He can't find love. He can't find a job. Really, it's these kind of things like just job and 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 support. You probably were awesome in them. You didn't know how much great you were to him then or anybody else around him just being there, you know, but... I hope so. What but, do you think happens when we die? <clears throat> I think we float above our bodies and we go along the earth a little bit and then we're gone. We go up. I don't know where exactly. I kind of uh, believe in the Buddhist principles. Of, ooh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of... I'm a I'm Catholic, a... but I believe in... I'll, I saw some video on it once of how the body can just... It goes above and you see it. I think it's... it's I think that might happen, but... You saw a video of somebody, somebody <laughs> it da- passing a, into the it next was a, uh, dimension? It was a, um, my freshman year was a religious studies, Eastern religion studies class, very eye-opening. We studied Hinduism, Shintoism, and Buddhism. Really, Hinduism was a little far out, but I still practiced meditation for Hinduism, transcendental meditation, which is good stuff. Okay. I th- would have thought meditation was more of a Buddhist principle. It is. It is, but the one that I work, it comes from a Hinduism it's kind of, I mean, I think meditation's loosely pretty similar between Hinduism and Buddhism in terms of Eastern uh, orthodoxy. Just kind of drawing attention to the present moment. Oh, yeah. Having a mantra. Having a mantra. Mantras are cool. I, I don't really do mantra. I, I probably should. I like to just use Not my yoga? breath kind of as yoga? a mantra. By mantra, I'm, I'm assuming you mean like a, a phrase om, that you say. Om. So it doesn't even have to be a sensical phrase. It's just a noise. Yep. Just a noise. Doesn't have to mean I'm, anything. I haven't experimented with that. I'm a big fan of meditation and, and just drawing awareness and appreciation of the present moment. But um I was a big prayer guy, but I kinda transitioned into meditation at some point. When Father Fitzgerald passed, I uh I kinda went away from the Catholic Church a little bit and I just thought, man, I I'm asking and asking and asking a lot. Almost I just need to recenter and just come to just silence. 
mm-hmm. you know right coming down to that kind of peaceful place and it was uh i get i still i use both now i really mm-hmm. do i don't think you have to do one way or the other it's not a clear cut black and white it's uh sometimes you have to ask for graces you have to ask for help sometimes you have to believe that christ is in you i really do mm-hmm. but there's other parts of me maybe i'm kind of I have my hands in a lot of different buckets of religion, but <laughs> but I do think in terms of death that the body, uh, I mean, it's so hard to say that. I mean, if you have a near-death experience, maybe those can really speak for it because I think those are kind of like, you know, they're onto something there. You ever get kind of real into it with psychedelics? I have. Yeah? To the point I've had many great trips. I actually had a very bad trip. I've been there, brother. Summer. I mean, you got to have them sometimes. Before we do this, just before I forget, it's the weirdest thing, but the best moments of meditation I can ever have is the morning after I get hammered and I smoke pot. Mm. So it's like I just mm. have this kind of this kind of like real draw to my forehead. This kind Bring, of just real an amazing thing. It, it's like a it's this weird thing, and then I'll if I get high, I can just lock in, and it's so weird. But I have to be hungover and high, and I can have the most rewarding like meditation where i just like in the flow because you're kind of in pain but you're like just kind of like oh honestly i can't really describe it but it's just a really silly phenomenon i i like kind of look forward to doing post actually i I feel you there i feel like my most brilliant sometimes outside of meditation i do feel most brilliant post like the morning after like i almost feel a little manic sometimes too Mm. when i wake up after like a long day of drinking i'll wake up and i'll just be rolling and i'll just be kind of then I'll crash real hard towards the end of the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I do feel like I'm I'm almost the 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 speedometer is a little bit quicker at that point. I'm almost huh. like I'm batting off quicker. I'm like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like I'm all laughs. I'm but it almost like, <laughs> <you> know, like <laughs> I'm crashing towards the end. But uh, I feel you there. There's definitely and and I think marijuana is an amazing amazing thing. I think it can definitely help you in terms, of especially. Sunday fun day hang hangovers. I mean, it is a crucial element there. Oh yeah, it's nice. It is just, I mean, especially among you view days, and it's it's just. Oh, tell the me classic about, pastime. Tell me about some of these uh, good trips, bad trips. Mm. Have you ever died? Have you ever had just full ego death? I think so. Big Was time. Was that your bad trip? Uh yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yes, yes. But I think I think bad trips are just good trips in disguise now. Oh, no doubt in hindsight. Right. No doubt about right. it. You don't know it then. It's kind of a snowball effect of just you putting correlations together, which happened to me at this dead show in Seattle. I mean, I was just... Grateful Dead. Dead and Company now, but yes, Grateful oh. Dead. Three original members, Bob Weir, Bill Kreutzman, Mickey Hart, and then John Mayer, Uteel Burge. I heard JM did uh, some it. stuff with them. I'm not, a, check them out, man. I'm not a white guy music guy. Oh, come on. I, I what does that like, even mean? I don't like... They got a black guy in the van up there killing the bass. Right, but they're playing... I don't know. We won't get they into play, that. They play all genres, though. I'm telling you. It's not like it's... it's. They got you know they got their psychedelia roots, but they also their serious psychedelic country band. They got their blues. They've got grassroots, you know, banjo. I mean, Jerry was a serious banjo player. I mean, it was... It's, you know, it's electric Dixieland kind of deal it's an old i mean they cover a lot of covers a lot of old classic american covers they cover they cover a lot of bob dylan i mean it's just it's a basket it's an endless rabbit hole of just like and they played so much it's all about the live performance for them yeah if you like live performance and it's something different every time i know you're a hip-hop r&b kind of cat. A rap guy I man I i'm just... a rap guy too yeah you definitely dabble in some rap yeah 
No doubt about it. I'm more of an old school hip hop guy, though. Go on. I uh, big Nas fan. Ooh. But I really need to tap back into that. I love Gangstar. You know Gangstar? Yeah. All right. You are a love Gangstar guru. DJ Premier. DJ Premier. Hell of a producer. Hmm. Um. Bad I mean that 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 late that that New York kind of scene right around there and what they were going. Jay Z. I mean, I just saw Jay Z. Last fall, and he was fucking unbelievable. See, I'm not a big Jay fan. There's so many bangers in Jay Z. I feel like you like you you don't like Jay Z. I just never really kind of related to him. I don't know. I never really. Who does the Max Man relate connected to? with him? Like Drake, Wayne, Kanye. Yeah, Wayne's I'm, new album. I'm kind album's of a new a new sweet. school guy. It was it was good. It definitely not my favorite Carter, but yeah. um. It was good. I liked it more than how other people seemed to respond to it. Um, it was refreshing, though, after many years from Wayne. It know? was it was long, long past due. Right. But my man is, is Drake. I mean, yeah. It's just Drizzy my, flow. Yeah. My shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I just saw him in concert in New Orleans. Oh, right. Did you, you put Migos with him? Yeah. I was supposed to go with my sister. Yeah? I was supposed to take him, but my mom stepped in. And took them instead? Yeah, or? Mama Len recognized real. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Yeah, she's a badass woman. Did you see any pictures from that concert? No, nay. Dude. Really? Just the stage. And I mean, come on, Drake is such a talent, such a performer, such a a visceral, explosive, Icon, yeah. just, he's a true entertainer. So he is just amazing to watch. But he's just also got the dopest sound guys, lighting guys, crew guys, like, in really? the world, right? Dude, you didn't see any pictures of his stages? No. It, so he's basically kind of like this table is here. He's like a little Drake running around. Like Drake's the size of that fidget spinner. And then the stage is this white table. And there would just... Think about all the fun you can have with projection, right? So he would just be on like lava or in a swimming pool. And it was like beautiful. And then he's like swimmer, like hot babe swimmers would like, really? be like swimming underneath him. And there would be like the scorpion like trapped underneath and just, oh, they would hang these That's curtains. Tight. And oh, and I'm not a Migos fan at all. I, I was, I've, it was the first time in a while I've, I've felt like an old man because I was sitting there listening to Migos waiting for Drake to go on. And I was like fingers in my ears because they were so loud. They were at least 25% louder than Drake's. Excuse me, Drake's mix was like perfect, and then Migos was like just too loud, and they're screaming and yeah, it was like oh, and I almost called the cops on Migos. <laughs> it was, it was bad. Um, but don't think you're weaseling out of your bad trip. I want to hear. Uh, Ooh. Should we start with the bad and then end on good? Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I tripped a good bit this summer. Very cool. We were I talking did. mushrooms. Uh, Oh, LSD. LSD. Oh. You're an LSD guy, Oh, huh? yeah. Well, it's hard to come across psychedelic shrooms a good bit. Unfortunately, it is. But when you do... I know. It's a good day. It really has been a while for that in that department. LSD... I, I find it more plastic. I find shrooms very organic and natural mm-hmm, and green mm-hmm. and... Oh, no doubt. And oh, texture. From the, I feel like it's more earthy. It's You feel the vibrations. It's... It's like waves, honestly. Yeah. And the laughter is like a oh. coming, pal. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. LSD, it's like, it's synthetic it's a head high. to me. It's a big, it's not so much body, I feel. I mm-hmm. feel like shrooms are probably a little more body feel. I'm into that. But L, this one incident, the whole day, the whole atmosphere, I was at the Gorge in Seattle. Okay. I don't know what, what that means, but 
Not near cool. Seattle. It's about south, uh, southeast of Seattle. The gorge is this amazing, like, the gorge is like a, a huge plateau with, like, a, a river going through, and it's just an amazing structure. I don't even know what the, the, the geographical landscape would be called, but it's a... Uh, Sounds like an archipelago. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's just my fanciest geographic word. Uh, it's gorge. a godly it's environment. A gorge, it's, it's, baby. it's awe-inspiring. You go out there, and on L, it's like... <laughs> I mean, it's like... you're, you're It's just... It rocks your socks off. Anyway, we're in the pit. The pit of the Denim the Company. The pit of the gorge. The pit of the gorge. Whoa. In George Washington. My real name, George. Wow. Keep note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pit of the gorge of George. There you go. Washington. And, uh... So I'm out there with my friend Nate Lingua. Stop using names. Oh. Because now we have illegally incriminating. He was sober. He was totally good cat. Oh, yeah. Like he was was driving. He was being the best friend he could be for me while I was unraveling. Good save. Totally. Good word also. Totally sober cat. Yeah. And he uh, did what he could for me. But you start hearing voices. Are they your own? Are they around? (laughs) It's hard to distinguish when you're playing in the band of Dead and Company. And if you don't play along, and if you want to take, you want to go for a ride, you better be a kind guy. And I was not being kind. I was, I was, I was basically kind in the sense that I was repeating myself with people. I was butchering lyrics. It's hard, it's hard to talk on L. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to talk. You're kind of butchered. You're kind of stifled. You're kind of hearing things. You're, you're thinking people are talking about you. You're, and they're, that's, you're just waiting for that first song to play for the show to go. And you're just like, you're looking at your friend and you're like, hey, what do you think the first song's going to be? And you just keep like, I don't know, man. It's like just antsy, on edge. You know, I have like a, I have long hair at this point, long ass hair. <laughs> and I keep like, you know, putting in a ponytail and undoing it, ponytail and undoing it. And this guy might just like, Pfft. Like this guy, like, and it's just like kind of like who the hell is this dude with a with a Bob Hurley jersey on? Negativity. It's but Doesn't it's seem like a good environment. It appeared, but it's. I think when in hindsight, it was people just messing with me big time, just like you know, like who's this guy just being kind of an asshole a little bit, like just with this dude, and he can't even speak for himself for why he's wearing a Bob Hurley Duke jersey. I'm a big Duke fan. And I, and I and I was kind of uh, it was people were asking me what do you know about Bob Hurt and like I was kind of just stifled I couldn't talk so much I couldn't speak for myself I was kind of like just not giving people the time of day and just just waiting for the show to start and I would just say little snippets and they just kind of pff, blow me off a little bit and I just if you start hearing things in the music and they think they're talking directly to you and you're thinking it's about you and whatnot Gets then creepy. you're in your Real head yeah. and you're you're making a snowball effect. I think happened to me I uh you know I uh was completely at some point I drifted away from Nate you know I drift uh, physically like in this dimension in this dimension just physically this I from from yeah 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 I just started Matt uh, I uh there you go you caught yourself I caught myself and uh <laughs> 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 yeah and uh I start, I'm, in my, I'm going off, and I'm around, I'm just, I'm basically on my own at this point. And I'm unraveling, I'm starting to, I even have somebody come up to me, and this is the kind of messing around stuff, somebody comes up to me with a, a Grateful Dead poison bottle with like X's, and like, say, have a sip of this, I'm like, and I go to take a sip, I'm like, dude, I'm not, this is not me, man, like, come on, like, it's not, like, what? I love the dead, like, and they're like, this poser kind of thing. Like, it's a big, they think, it's all looking for phonies out here. Mm-hmm. They're judging. A lot of people are judging, trying to see. Doing this in 
kind of super public. Like doing psychedelics in public, I can't do it anymore. Well, I have to like kind of be with a little strated, like little subcommittee mm-hmm. that's doing it with mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. kind of all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. But like, like well, I the, can't even smoke pot and go around people anymore because I'm just way too aware of social yeah, dynamics. Yeah. And, and well, like, the dead gang perfected. And that includes their audience, too. If you know anything about the Grateful Dead, they have a, a serious following that follow, oh, yeah. and it's all very much... There's a relation between the band and the audience. They know each other. They go to so many shows that there's rapport built. And if you're in a kind of an outsider alien, then what are you doing kind of shitting on our parade a little bit? And mm-hmm. there might even... There might be some people that... I don't know. I speculate. There's a lot of things you speculate. You don't even know, but it's kind of... You sense it kind of deal. But... I even had somebody come up, this sweet little Asian girl came up to me and like, hey, somebody brought me up here to, to help you explain, like, do you need help? And I look at her, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, just I'm rocked. I'm like, they brought, they asked you to come up here to help me. I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and she shows me this picture of Jerry at Telluride. Like, you know who this is? I'm like, yeah, it's Jerry Garcia. I love that man. Everybody could just hear around me, boo, like just you know, boo, like oh god, you know, it's like and a it's like, Do you hear it in your own head, or do you kind of hear a reaction? It's kind of a hard line to draw. So this is building this kind of stuff. It's kind of snowballing a little bit. All this kind of activity, and I uh, eventually I drift off from my two pals, and I'm on my own. You know, you're hearing a lyric that says, don't you come around here anymore. And it's and it's like... Yeah, and you're anxiety. And you're thinking just... it's about you. You're thinking it's about you. Right, right. And it's not about you, you idiot. It's like, it's about us. And it's like, you're thinking... Oh, and you're like... And it leads you on and on. And at one point, I'm on the outskirt of this crowd. I mean, I even had some guy come up and like ha- haggled me. And I'm like, what, man? And like, even like, what, like, what's the deal? Like, stop. What, what the hell? And like, he's like, hey, man, what song you want to hear next? Like, just kind of like, because everybody here keeps hearing me replying, like, what song you want to hear? You know, kind of like, people are, they pick up on things. One man gathers what another man spills. You look at the song St. Stephen. It's a, it's the nature of the this kind of little groovy little dead thing. But maybe not so groovy if you're on the bad end of it, like me. And I, uh, so then I'm on the outskirt, and I'm literally, I had this sweet old man's old seasoned deadhead right next to me. And his wife and whatnot. They come in. People go into the gorge. It's a beautiful scene. And I'm, I'm asking, what song you want to hear, man? And I asked him like two times in a row. And he's like, uh, half, Mississippi Half Step Tulu. Um, and I keep asking him. Keep asking him. Um, and I could see like as I'm really ripped off on just this L. I see, I could see people like just kind of dying. <laughs> like just like they're, they're not the life coming out of Gratefully, them. I hope. Well... At least I, it's what you project. You know, I'm projecting. I think I'm maybe projecting that these people are just like, they're just, I'm cramping. This old sweet guy just means nothing wrong. I mean, he's just like, it seems like him and his family, they're just like dying, literally physically. look like they're dying, like paling, you know? Um, and it's not Mississippi Half Step 2. It's just Mississippi Half Step for the record. Great song. It's the first song they open with. That's another That's another thing. So I keep asking this guy over and over repeat and they open up with it. Huh. So you can see how maybe there's some band... little transcendental some, interplay. Or, well, or maybe not. That's the whole thing. But yeah, of course. But maybe the band's here and that, and it's like, you know, they get played. But probably not. Maybe it's just like, that's the nature of it. And actually, before that, when I was in Alpine Valley, I drove from... I did a whole... I drove my car. I went from Alpine Valley to Seattle, drove my car. 
Where's Alpine Valley? Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, beautiful. And this guy actually told me, Mark said, man, I would love to hear Mississippi Half Step and this one part of it being in the pit. And I was there, and it was beautiful. And don't get me wrong, this first set was godly. I mean, they were killing it, but I was just kind of on the ripping bad end of it. It was going, and it led on and on. I was seeing people, anytime I would like, get out of my head, I would see the life. I would see people become the life. But whenever I get in my head and I get scared and anxious, it would die down. People would, I'd see literally death and I saw these beautiful women looking at me like, oh. and then they're like, I'd be like, oh. and they'd be like, oh. like kind of like it's a reaction effect. And, you know, I just, there was a song, Loser, and by the end of it, I took off all my clothes besides my socks and my boxers, and I ran out of there. I said, fuck this, I'm going. I'm out of here. I fucking jet out. I took off everything, and I ran, and the guards caught me. I actually hit some poor woman's mouth, and I hit the ground, uh, and I got I hit my back of my head, and I bled out, and I, <sighs> I got staples in the back of my head. And I woke up in this ER room. It's very embarrassing. Very shameful. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. And, uh... And I woke up and I'm like, God, and it's like middle of the second set. And I'm like, just in this weird room. And like, I have this thing on my chest and I'm like, you're strapped down, strapped down. And you're still tripping. No, at this point I'm just coming to it. And I had this sweet nurse right next to me. And and before this point, before I I run off, I'm seeing, I'm almost seeing family members and like friends I know in the crowd. Oh yeah. I'm seeing like people that aren't there that like, it's almost like fairly well, pal. Like you're going like, this is it. Like the show's out, like, like, help, help, like, and they're not there. It's just you. Fuck. It's very heavy. And it's like, and then I wake up, I even think the guy next to me, this other, like, side nurse is my brother. And I think <laughs> I deliriously remember him calling him Cameron. He's like, what? Like, what? And it wasn't Cameron. It wasn't, it was just this nice dude. And then this nurse that was helping me and, uh... You know, I might have, and the whole, up to that point, it was kind of a skeptical nature towards me the whole day. I had these clean white socks on. I bought this paper from this guy, and he said he thought it was a narc kind of deal, like just kind of skeptical of me. I had Duke jersey, long white clean socks. He's like, man, I saw your socks, man. Clean white, you look like maybe a narc. And I'm like, no, man, it's just fresh, fresh. (laughs) Skeptical, you know? And I and, pe- and I didn't have my psychedelic, so you know, I didn't have like a tie dye on. Like people, even like pretty women, like man, where's your gear? Like you're, what are you doing? Like just and I was like kind of not really too much, but definitely like, who is this guy? Kind of deal. Yeah, well, at least what in my about, own head. What about talking about some good trips then? Because this, so this sounds horrifying. I come out of it and I I meet up with my pals and it, the show's over by that point. I hear U.S. Blues and, and we do out. some more LSD. I have I have three more tabs for the next day and I take it at Oregon. But you know that. But here's the thing. Your your second. That was six months before I took that L. You know how it is. Seven eight months. You know you're 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 definitely. You're back. You just rocked that first time. Yeah. That first night, it's fucking hitting you like a brick. The second night, nothing. Clean, smooth, beautiful trip. Right on the right on the side. Wasn't in the pit. Wasn't in the pit of Eugene. Wasn't in the <laughs> heyday. But uh. I was. Mark. I saw one of probably the best show of tour was at Eugene Austin Stadium, the Oregon football stadium there, and saw a show right there. It was beautiful. Didn't have any bad effect, but still beating myself all day, all day. And I'm not going to go through all of the tour right now, but I, uh, I basically had my closure with this whole thing when I went to San Francisco first night, and 
I met this guy, and I'll leave it in San Francisco. I won't go much further than that. But there was a two nights. First night, we're out in like the main crowd, and there's this group of guys right around us, kind of like looking over. They kind of people recognize. I mean, people follow, so they recognize people at faces and faces and whatnot. And this guy comes like, "Man, were you that guy the other night?" And like, you were like, "Do that." Clean socks. Were you that Viking the other night? That no, not not that kind oh, of guy. From, yeah. That was a guy I just sold on the outside. Probably didn't even get in for the shows, but he's pretty selling, you know. Um, but. This guy was like, man, were you that guy? Like, I tried help. I like, I tried it. You all right, man? Like, I'm happy you're here, dude. It's really good to see you. I'm like, yeah, man. I, I'm sorry if I was like a, if I, I don't know. Would you hear? Would you know me? Basically, and he's like, man, you looked at me once, and I smiled, and you looked for help. Like, you went my way, and all my dude just went fuck, <laughs> and like just went the other way. Cause you know they're not gonna like help some dude that's just off the rock or in the middle of a dead show to like. Right. I mean, I was they they, they like, man, we just. We were talking about camps. I wonder what happened to that, that Viking, man. That Viking that was losing. and had long hair. was tall. Like, you know. And uh, and he's like. And he comes up and around me like, man. I, I, was, I was basically explaining. Like, dude, I just. Uh, it was a snowball effect. And I lost it during Loser. He's like, what did you say you lost it during Loser? Which is a pretty heavy, like, um, poker song for the Grateful Dead. And it was like. I mean, there's some serious shredding on it. Just I made a decision in that moment. Whatever it was. And for worse, but probably better in the long run. But this guy just came up and put his arm around me. He said, "Man, it's all right. It happens to all of us. I'm happy. I'm just happy you're here." You know, and it was like, "Thanks." You know, I like been struggling with this the past couple of days, and I just felt like, you know, I'm still, I'm cool. Like it's, it's all right. Like I don't have to keep beating myself up over it. it happens. Like you're not the only one. Don't like make such a big old ordeal over it. Mm-hmm. Had a great show next to these guys. You know, we're passing Jays back and forth. We're being kind. You know, it's you know you're giving people the time of day, and you're not ripped. And then, uh, yeah, that was a great show that first night. And then we had a second night at San Francisco. Took L, and this was a way. This was liquid, not paper this time. Okay, liquid's the way. I think. Yeah, it's definitely the way. No doubt. Way more cleaner. No huh. doubt about it. Unless you have the best, you know, white on white L, which I have friends that do have white that. on white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that refer to? You know, just no, like, uh, emblem on it. No, like, kind of, no like... preservatives, no additives. No, like, uh, image on it, you know? Okay. You know, it's just, like, white on white. Oh, Little I Little tablet, you know, tab. Gotcha. But this guy named Michelangelo said... I was looking around, and... <laughs> pretty funny story. He, uh, like, looking from... Like, you basically have to ask around, man. He's like, man, look for this guy on a bike <laughs> with a with a dinosaur hat. I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm looking around. I see this guy with a bike dinosaur hat. <laughs> like one, one tooth. And, his, and he's like, oh, man, thank you so much. Uh, we make, make the deal. And he's like, man, what's your name? Michelangelo. No. <laughs> Michelangelo. Michelangelo hooked it up. And uh, and this time it was, this time it was actually, that was, that was the white on white. And it was a good time. San Francisco, beautiful people, beautiful scene. People that just get it. Um, next to a beautiful couple right next to us that had a kid at home and just and people had their dead gear all out in San Fran, all decals and on their cars and the lot scene is just All right, tell me about like insane. what was cool tripping wise. Like because this just sounds like a cool thing okay. to be even if Transitioning you're not tripping balls. Into that. Come on, let's Transition- see, let's get to it. Okay, giddy up. Um Cowboy. Giddy up cowboy. Um you know, the beautiful thing about being taking the ride at a dead show is it's it's completely authentic it's improvised every song is there's such a huge category they're jamming right they're, oh, they're, they're jamming like... appropriately to each song too i mean they're not like just 
killing it everyone every time. Sometimes they're slow ones, and they just kind of, as long as you temperament temperate yourself, temp yourself to like whatever it is that they're playing, and you know the lyrics, and you know kind of what they're the mood of the song, the melody, the riff. A lot of dead songs are on their riffs, and they'll play off that riff, and they'll they'll it's all about the jam, but they'll go back to the words at accordingly. And uh, I mean, if you're in the throes of a Grateful Dead show and you're totally free, it's it's unlike anything. I mean, mm-hmm. you're 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 da- you're dancing, you're you're seeing a greater kind of Americana picture that's going on here. There's a lot of different covers they'll do. There's a lot of different um, themes they'll play on. A lot of different stories they'll do. There's a lot of different little acidy kind of lyrics they'll have that'll just hit you like bricks. Like in the middle of a show that just makes total sense to you in an acidic kind of sense. <laughs> if you kind of know what I'm saying, you know? I don't. Well, there'll be like a, uh, you know, there's a song called Cassidy. There's a song called The Other One. I'll say that for much. There's a two-night set at San Francisco. They play one half of the other. Uh, I don't care other. about Grateful Dead, dude. But here, just listen. Hear, I want to hear, hear you tripping up. balls and like, and you touched a rock and then you like got goosebumps and then like you had this sick thought about like, like I don't care about Grateful um, Dead. Grateful Dead's lame. No, take that back. Retract. You don't know. You just don't know. Um, um, you got to do your homework, pal. Come on, get back to me on that. It's not lame. It's very, very hip. Whatever. For real, for real. All right, all right. I'll, I'll look into them a little bit, but I just... In terms... Okay, do you want to get outside of the shows? Um, yeah, I guess I'm not a humongous live show guy. In terms of oh, outside the show... So, like, for example... See, you like the best for the shows. The best trips I've ever had is, like, me and two of my closest bros will just, like, rip a bunch of shroom, like, peanut butter and mushroom sandwiches... Like load up like cute little sacks and ice chests, whatever. Go kayaking, you know, on this lake through these mountains. Go to this waterfall in like the forest, and then really start mm-hmm. kind of peeking okay. out, freaking out. Rip all our clothes off, like run around mm-hmm. the jungle, like mm-hmm. with like stick swords yeah. and like checking out moss. Like mm-hmm. moss will like make you lose your tits, and like pretending to be different oh, animals. Well, nature's the other way to go, in my nature's opinion. Nature's nature and music is what I'm saying. Water. We can tap in, yeah. Water. I can go off of that. I got a store with me and my ex. We went ooh, to the Ozark. Ooh, we went ooh, to get you up. We went to the o- we went to uh, Arkansas, Ozark Mountains, Mulberry River, beautiful uh-huh. river. Um, we spent all day hiking around. Where it's basically we have a campsite right by this little Baptist camp, and there's nowhere no nobody. There's no campers or anything like that. Baptist camp. Baptist little campsite. It's kind of inactive. It's May. It's not quite camp. It's just a yet. funny like. Yeah, this is a. An, We're right by the riverside. Islamic it's, camp. No, no, no. Okay. Baptist Arkansas Bible Belt Baptist kind of you know, camping site. And uh, I mean, man, we just have the most amazing. First off, the most amazing sex you can have. Whoa, whoa, daddy, oh, whoa, very good stuff. Just like tent sex. No, very much. You're just. Oh, you're just in a flow, man. You're, just you're in, in a, a tent, fl- right? You're camping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Campsite. Oh, yeah. Nice and steamy. Real nice. You got Jerry Garcia band playing. Open up the, unzip the door, let the stank out. A little bit, just a little bit, but not too much. You know, oh, no. You want to keep a much. We of have the, the river right there to go to, all naked and totally freelance, going out ooh, there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you put your head under a water, under a river, 
I mean, that is just like one of the coolest things in my opinion. You just hear in a river the power. It's just like, and it's just, just under it, just like you could hear. Where I was in this like, you know, this a certain rock with like algae, like carpeted walls, just years of just algae. Ooh, ooh. So you literally just sit back on this smooth rock with algae carpet behind you, and you're you're down low, and it's uh, and it's just like. And you got a naked babe. You got a naked babe in your tent in the distance. It doesn't want to quite go out that far with you, but you go out that nervous. far. She's nervous. She's scared, she's but you're not nervous. scared. Yeah, yeah. It turned. This trip man. turned real quick. I'll tell you that. Oh, you're tripping good. during this? I was fine. I had to kind of keep the peace here a little bit. Oh, yeah. Rocking. This tours the end of it. This is about six, years, six hours Dude, later, but I'm sex under. Sex while tripping? I can't even imagine. We got back to the tent after we have our little river stint. And I'm, I mean, this is just, I mean, you can see, I mean, just nature's the way to go. Nature's the way to go. Or dead shoes. You gotta get back to me on that. Mm-mm. Mm. Come on, pal. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but we get back to the tent. Ungrateful dead. You're a little ungrateful. Yeah, you are. You're a little ungrateful, pal. Be I'm, grateful. I can't imagine what would happen to me if I were around a woman that I was sexually attracted to while I was tripping. And like, because I've never, I, I don't think I've ever been in that situation before. I'm not a big public guy. We'll, you we'll just do, sit. You sit with their eyes and their gaze, and you melt. You I would. That's exactly. I would. Just, I would just one. melt. I would just absolutely. Uh, She's very, very, very wet. Oh, 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 very oh. tight. Very wet. Like a tiger. <laughs> like a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, sex is such a trip man. of an experience in of itself, right? So if I were like, kind of getting crashing into the infinity of div- <laughs> transcendental divinity and interconnectivity yeah, yeah, yeah. biological no some of specials definitely share pal very oh my special God. was she tripping too yeah holy dick yeah 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 but it turned holy shoes i want to start saying <laughs> holy shoes you know what i heard someone say that i thought it was so funny holy shoes <laughs> all right continue sorry uh but it kind of turned there was there was she looked at the forecast and we were kind of in this little weather ditch kind of deal, and uh, there was some rain to come, and we were kind of uns- we we're skeptical of whether we get this car out of the mud or not, <laughs> and and I I totally felt her out there, but I was like, well, we have totally that, felt this is, her this up. Is, this was after I felt her up. She wasn't letting me fill, fill her up at this time. She'd gone cold. We at were pretty point. scared. She had gone cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh. She had gone cold, and uh, she had fear in her eyes. Paranoia strikes deep in the heartland. It was definitely striking. And I yeah, could see the clouds, and I was hearing her, and I was kind of feeling, because I believed her. I was like, man, Mother Earth, I, I kind of felt her right then and there. I'm like, man, she has good intuition. This is right in the beginning of our relationship. Right that night, I said, we should we should be together kind of deal. Well. She said she put it out there at that time. I'll say that much. But we weren't, we were still kind of in limbo. Anyway. <laughs> we, uh. So I'm kind of hearing out. I'm like, well, um, if you really want to go, we'll go. But we have to get up this rock, and we have to get out of here now. And at that point, it's like, and I'm like, there's this big old rock she has to pull up into. I'm like, well, we're both kind of loaded here. So, like, your car, like, you try for right now. You you give it a ride. I'll give you, I'll direct you. And she kind of just, she doesn't really think much about it and just went, boom, hits this rock, kills her grill. Oh, and there's no way you get towed out of here. You're just like, and if it rains, oh my fuck, Mr. Lady. I mean, you're just you're you're gone. But you're you're, good luck, sayonara. Settle down for a couple of days, maybe one or two. But anyway, I'm like, okay, chill. 
we'll do this. We've got to do it like a surgeon kind of deal, you know? There's a little bit of road. Instead of trying to get around this rock to get out, it's kind of a weird little precipice. You have to go up to get back to the main road. You go mm -hmm. up this hill again. But there's a little bit of road to the right you can go right in to avoid the rock. And then if you just, like a surgeon, you know, get back out, you can. Which is what I did, like a fucking cold-ass boss. Love it. You know, took care of business. And then we got out of there and we got a hotel at the, at the, uh, Ooh, the Oxford Inn. Speaking nice. of Oxford, yeah. And it was great. Honestly, being in the Oxford Inn was... Ugh. And it did kind of rain that night. She was right, but light drizzle. We probably could have stuck it out, but she was right. Had a nice cold, nice warm bath. Just sat in there, and she was still kind of unraveling a little bit. Just a little, you know, struck about the whole thing. And But it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. But just we had to, it was like kind of a, let's pick all our shit up real quick and get the hell out of here. And yeah, it's like, I don't like the, the rushy, Oh, no, no, nervous, no, 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 Oh, yeah. dude, it was like, it was it's a beautiful, beautiful day starting at like, you know, 11 o'clock, had great cucumber, vegetable sandwiches and just had the right diet, the right water, uh, hiked all around, just got lost and went back to campsite, had our little pork in session and not, I won't even, I won't even degrade it. I wasn't a pork in, a little love session, man. It really was. A and, funny insight one of my buddies had was like whenever dudes talk about sex it's like so intense like oh yeah we smashed or like i totally crushed or pork pork <laughs> it's like i wonder what we, how women describe it and not that all women describe things in the same way but i imagine it's takes a slightly more delicate um feel whenever they're uh, describing it but it's funny like oh dude i roasted i boned it's like, yeah oh my god <laughs> No, well, she was no. my hog that night. She was on, she was just, <laughs> we were hogging together and it was like, it was, a, I've never, she really taught me a lot about the sexual realm, this woman. I'm forever grateful for her. Wow. Oh yeah. That's good Big to hear. Big shout out to her, Miss S. Um, are you doing No Fap November? What's that mean again? I, I You're not around. allowed to jerk off. No, no, it's too, too long gone for that point. Yeah. I'm doing it and... It's November, what, 15th? It's a natural urge. I agree. And I don't, I'm not not jerking off because I think jerking off is bad. I think too much of anything obviously is a bad thing. It's not cool. But I, I like the idea of it as kind of a disciplinary uh, challenge, right? Just to see, because it, it's such a habit, right? It's such a thing you just kind of just do a lot. And I like the idea of, just testing my my will you know a couple of my friends we, we all tried to do it and like i don't think any of them are, are left except maybe uh my buddy i won't say who but um sounds like you're winning the contest i mean it's it sounds like i'm losing the contest because i'll like and you're so you're in right i'm still in you ever but seen seinfeld the contest everyone else episode? is jizzing their faces off and i'm just like sitting here and like it's like boiling bubbling up with semen inside my testicles but um it's kind of been an interesting little ride. I uh, I haven't had a wet dream or anything like that yet. Just I'm wait to get really on the dance floor and you bust on some shit. Oh, dude. It's going to backfire, pal. It's happened to me. <sighs> After six months. Post, post, uh, you went post six Rio de Janeiro. Months? Post Rio de Janeiro. It's my Catholic kind of stint. Hold up. I was up. at Reggie's and I was, you know, it's, if you're grinding hard on somebody, it's coming out. That's happened to you? <laughs> a couple times, yeah. I've definitely had like bonbons. Like all the time dancing with babes, but I've never. I've never Listen, it hasn't happened since those two stints. That was my longest stint of not doing it. And you I went really six months, and then you find yourself at Reggie's bar. 
and you're just boogieing up with a cute little little missus. Mm, and Miss you Kentucky. ejaculated? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, it's wonderful. A, uh, it's a, it's a, a, it's a aggressive favorite among dance. My friends I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a... It was something, man. It's, you know, you can tuck it in as much as you want, but you're basically, it's over the pants. I mean, sounds like this girl was a, I mean, an aggressive And she dancer. knew exactly what she's doing, this one Bless girl. Her. Oh, man, I really wonder where she is now. <laughs> Me Blonde too. Blonde hair, curly hair, just, just back in it. Uh, you know? Just really, you know, but <laughs> it's really embarrassing at that point because, like, you look, I mean, you're just, I think she, she, might, she went off right at that moment, too. Which like she gives just me left? the intuition that maybe she knew. She knew what was going on. That no way, though. People don't so you like, like, and it felt great. And I went or right to Reggie's just... back for them and just found whatever toilet paper I could and dried up. And wow, really? Yeah. Did it feel great, or were you just kind of uncomfortable and like uh, surprised and? Uh, um, you know, all these things can happen in Reggie's of all places. So it was kind of like appropriate, but not really. I really, I really was a little. I just didn't want her to feel get wet. Was my whole thing. Girls I mean, hate when you chisel. <laughs> what if she had? What if she got? What if she was wet? You know, for my own. Ugh. What if we lived in a dimension where girls loved semen? Wouldn't that be awesome? Because I feel like the general consensus is ew, sticky, gross, get it off, nasty. But what if like. Life were just designed. It's everything else exactly the same, but girls were just pumped about semen. Like maybe it was like good for their like moisture. It was like it was good for their wrinkles on their face. There's like, definitely a small demographic of it. people that do. <laughs> we need to tap into them. If you're in this demographic, email that snuggly dragon at gmail dot com. We might have a uh, one more guy to add into this. But um, giddy up. But I just sometimes I think life would be way cooler if. All girls, like if they drink it, you think they're that opposed? They it would really be like a kick. negative cigarette, right? It's like if there were ways to like rebuild your youth, and it's like, all right, if I if I get tagged with this little money shot, like I'll my HP will recover. Fountain of youth, wouldn't that be For sick? Sure. Well, you know, it's quite. You know, what's interesting. If you put it to a girl, would you rather drink a cup of semen or a cup of urine? Some people will. Some women will say right away. Well. They'd much rather drink the right. semen than that. Time out. Because they're On used three, to it. They really do kind of like would... the salty kind of taste. Yeah, it's not the worst here. concoction. I mean, I thought it was, yeah, I've like never known. I wouldn't salty, know. Sweet. But... It's like sweet-ish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I would definitely rather drink urine. Have you ever drank urine? No. A couple of my friends have like pranked each other and made each other drink urine before. Seems pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Not a position. How yellow? How dark yellow? I don't think like dehydrated, but I'm right. but definitely not hydrated. Right. This was like uh, some kind of prank war was going on in in high school. Excuse me, I got all kinds of hiccups. Um, yeah. Oh, gross and weird. When I think about dehydrated urine, I think of Coach Kaiser. Go. Here we go again. Anyway, he would check on our urine. If he, he could know by the by the beginning of a foot practice, you're in trouble. Like you look up, see some dark urine right there, and like, oh, then hydrate, 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 hydrate. You're like peeing on his face, and he's like checking <laughs> against. You know the, how those those uh, you know, in the Jesuit uh, 
there's what's it called? Like a, what, what what is it? Yeah, but they're not a urinal. It's like a giant a, trough. Trough. Right? There's yeah. the word. Thank you, Hog Nation. It's a weird, <laughs> weird word. Trough. He yeah. would peek a look and see some dark urine. Like, didn't hydrate. He knew right then and there. There's a lot of material to be made here. Coach cars are, you know, he's checking your dick, you know, making sure your balls are. You know, <laughs> oh, this urine, this, this is something's wrong with it. Why is, why is the head coach looking at y'all pee? That is the question that I'm sure many are thinking right now. <sighs> he was a guy that took care of his cattle. We were cattle out there. <laughs> if you weren't hydrated, he was gonna know exactly what you did wrong. You didn't take care of your basics. I should have played football. What position did you play? Nickelback, but free and strong safety. Oh, yeah. second pretty badass. Yeah, it was tight. Wasn't a real star. I came on third and fourth down. Uh huh. Pass coverage kind of deal. Cool. Special teams or whatnot, but any like major free and strong mostly. Did you ever save the day or any? What's, what's your like best I've football I've memory? I've uh, lost the day. Ah, uh, save the day. I've never been a hero. What's no. your best football like memory or play? Your like big tackle, big stop, pick mm. six. Do you ever have pick six? Mm. Nay. No, no, no picks. No, 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 no pick in my life. In in in, in my no, in my life, of course. But did you drop any picks? Mm, not quite. Just I always get a hand on the ball. Mm-hmm. Really, never did. No, I didn't I have mean, as much glory. In linebackers my, in my aren't aren't yeah. like necessarily crushing picks. I mean, right? No, had some great rakes. You know, use my left hand block. Holy Cross game had a pretty good game against my senior year. So no defining, defining loser moments though. Oh. Humbling moments. All right, give me. <laughs> we'll jump to the other end for now. We'll shelf that. <laughs> Give me the most embarrassing, just horrible football. I probably could have some experience. good ones, but really, I have one that's a loser moment. Just shines in my head. It was reinforced <laughs> by film. Oh goodness. Anyway, it was Holy Cross my junior year. They put the twos in. It's like we're up thirty-one nothing. And uh, <laughs> you're pulling out some good stories here, pal. I gotta give it to you. Uh, and it's. This is like, this. people don't know this part of this. A lot of my DBs, shout out to my DBs, y'all don't know this part of this, but I was concussed <laughs> at this moment. I was concussed from a kickoff. and uh, You just got popped This is head. about like a quarter before. I mean, this is like serious. You're still feeling like just not understanding time. Not Football really... is so bad for you. Oh, dude. Holy crap. Oh, dude. I don't no know. wonder you're so crazy. <laughs> I was head on, too. Hopefully. Where's the wood? Hopefully no uh, consequences down the road, but no, I get that from my dad. My dad was fucked. Oh man, we just I love I miss it. I really do miss hitting some some cats, man. That was the best part of it. But I didn't get to hit this one guy. This one guy did a little sweep, sweep to the right, and I'm kind of like three seconds a little late to it. My cut concussed kind of mine, and uh, he's just going around the edge, and he beats me. I, he beats me on the edge, and I'm behind him. I'm behind him, I'm behind him, behind him. Crowd's roaring. Crowd's just going crazy. Jesuit Holy Cross, you know. And I'm always the kind of guy like I'm diving. I'm not going to be the time. To just, I'm, I, I better dive now, or he's going to he's going to separate. So I dive and completely miss. And I just completely. I'm on the ground. I just my face is in the turf. I have turf in my mouth. I hear the I hear the the tad just erupt around me. Oh no. Touchdown, Holy Cross! And I look, I put, look up, and he's in there. Actually, there was a flag on that play, brought back. So it was kind of for nothing at the end of the day. Okay. Go Jays! Yeah, yeah. You still had to. But still, in that moment, that. and then it back, it really backfired. <laughs> no, it didn't that backfire, but it was just funny when it was brought up in film the next day. <laughs> 
by Coach D. I'll leave it at that. And uh, he just had the goddamn balls, not the balls, but just the nerve to keep replaying in it and Oof. just having other cornerbacks in the grade above me, if you could probably think of who those two cats were, just laughing over and over. Oh, and all the DBs just going, just just having a good old time. I walk out of the film session at that point. It's just getting unnecessary. It's just, I did not warrant this. It was a flag. But it was goddamn funny in hindsight. <laughs> and it was, uh, no, it was, um, it's a growing experience, but it was definitely, uh, oh, tough. Hearing Tad Gormley roar behind your head. And then I think the next year, Holy Cross, another little loser moment was like 60, 50 yards out. Not that I think of myself in such a loser in the football regard, but these are the moments that shine. Well, big you didn't time. have any on good the, on the stage. Ones, like, uh, <laughs> What's that? You didn't have any like sick game winners, so we gotta explore the other end of the spectrum. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks for understanding there. Yeah. Um. And uh, this was a big hail mary. You know, if you're doing hail mary, you're doing, we're doing victory for Jeff. That was our victory was in. You put out, you put out the nickel back. You have you know you have free strong, both corners and the nickel all playing deep. So I'm outside linebacker nickel usually, but I'm brought out. And I really misjudge this ball that's just thrown up in the end zone. I play under it. Totally miss. And that's really on me and maybe on my friend Mr. R. But really it was on me. Totally missed. Touchdown. First touchdown of the, of the, like, the half. Big old Hail Mary. Just totally. Why was, were they you're supposed it? to. You're supposed to be behind these receivers. You're supposed to be way back victory position. You're supposed to be not. They should have no reason to be behind you. Mm-hmm. Kind of deal. And this receiver, for some reason or another, I just kind of held to my feet in the end zone or a little bit five yards out the end zone and went up, missed, and the guy caught it. And TD, Holy Cross Tigers. wasn't a big deal. Had Ws all year, all my years against Holy Cross, we won. But, Good. But that was the, uh, on the catching end, on the receiving end, that was my loot, my L moment. Pretty, uh, pretty underwhelming stuff. But then I killed it that second half. <laughs> I killed it. I made up for that second half. I had a fumble recovery. Uh-huh. I had a couple yeah, breaks. Sure I, I woke did. up. I woke up. I woke up. I had a good second half. What, um, are you like playing sports and what, what's your kind of exercise game? Right now, I run. run. You're a runner? Run. Long distance runner. guy? Oh, yeah. Ew, ew, ew. I run, baby. Run, run, Like run. how many miles are you talking? Uh, today I did like two, but I'm trying to train for the turkey day next Thursday. What is that? Turkey day race. Thank, I'm tagged warmly. Is it 5K? No, it's a five and a half mile. I've run a mi- I've run a marathon, not to toot my own horn, but I've gone the distance. Gross! Oh, why, yeah. why do you like running? Like Ugh. pain? Isn't it like bad? Pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nut. Isn't yeah. running long distance bad for you? There's studies that that confirm that, but um, <laughs> the mental high of it is just impeccable. Yeah, runner's high. If you get in the runner's high, and I I've always been a huge. Ugh. I think running is. Um, I mean, I always was a big cross country runner growing up and I always loved Steve Prefontaine and his kind of nature of running and he's an organ runner back in the day and uh I was just always since day one it kind of it kind of is a uh it's a gift really is a gift it's something not a lot of people can do it a lot of people can run and want to withstand that kind of pain and just keep moving forward I love moving forward I love seeing my surroundings I love taking in the setting I love uh, I mean, it's kind of tough right now in this cold weather. I'd rather hot than cold. Oh, yeah. Cold is like, <laughs> you know, it's like my Dude, throat hurts. It's a little, it's kind of kidding myself. But I just love, once you get into it and you shake it out and you warm up. I like sprints, but 
Yeah, you're a you're sprint guy. Yeah, job. I have friends that are sprint guys, but get out of here. Yeah, the running is so um, that's all you do. You're not doing weights. You're not doing sports. I'm trying to get back into weights, and I really want to get on a flag football team ASAP. Flag football is a I lot. I would love of fun. to get on some flag football, receiving and defensive end rushing. You know, it'd be great. They do uh, play NOLA. You ever hear about that? No. Uh, where do they play? They'll do Tad Gormley, and they'll do Pan that's American fucking Stadium. Swag. When oh, do they start? That? It is swag. They have they have seasonal kind of leagues, so they'll have a fall and a spring, um, and it's a lot of fun. I did it with some of the. Too, young, don't they? Hmm? No, yeah. Is that not what I said? They do tag Gormley sometimes in Pan American. Sorry, yeah. Um, and yeah. I did it with a couple of the older Lambda guys, like even older than I was, and that was a fun ass time. Uh, there's a couple teams out there who just have their shit together, mm. like people wow. who used to play in high school and stuff. So. Oh man, I've I've seen some some beasts, but yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm loving playing basketball recently, man. Basketball, I get nervous with my knees, and the cardio basketball is really tough in my it opinion. It's so tough. I'd rather run 13 miles than play five pickup games sometimes. Honestly, most times I play three pickup games. And that's fine, but I'm learning kind of the art of the when to take a break during five on five pickup if it's full court because yeah, yeah, yeah. and this dude i was guarding last night literally Just be in that position man you gotta you're, you're churning some thigh action there for sure this dude i was guarding last night ran every single time the possession switched he would sprint to the other hoop and i had to to like go catch him every time because they would do like the hail mary bombs if i didn't oh my god that dude was I mean, bless him, but uh, what a pain in the ass. But I'm kind of learning. That kind of sucks. That's kind of unethical there. <laughs> it's a kind of a dick move. I, I, at one point, I was like, dude, stop. Because <laughs> he would he would only get the ball like like one every, one every ten times he did that. And it's just like, is this worth it? Like, you're just making me do it. <laughs> but I'm kind of learning the moments during pickup where mm-hmm. you can kind of like chill and kind of catch mm-hmm. your breath. Because, mm-hmm. dude, basketball. Talk about great way to exercise you just you don't even realize and then it's been 10 minutes and you're soaking wet right and it's all plyometrics right. jumping and and oh it's super you know, fun especially cool. if you have a good teammates and stuff good chemistry oh yeah you know that's what it's really all about having fun with it because sometimes you get worn out and you just you're, you're you're shooting you don't finish as strong it's just like you start getting weak and at least for me personally at the wreck I, I didn't think i had much business at the wreck many times I had my boys with me, and they would go out there. But if I wasn't one to go out there and just, they had some studs at LSU. Dude, I remember like Odell and Jarvis would be playing, like throwing alley oops and right. dunking and stuff. That was cool to watch. Damn. Dude, have you seen these these Zion Williamson clips? <sighs> Bits and pieces, man. T- talk to me. Thing. What What are you? Uh... I just saw the I just saw the Eastern Mi- Michigan clips last night, and it's just a fab freshman kind of ordeal going on right there and i'm ready to i'm ready to freaking buy my ticket to cameron indoor right now yeah i'm ready to book a flight i'm, I'm that's a big bucket list in my opinion going to cameron indoor seeing the dookies that say earlier i went to the camp way back in the uh-huh. day and i just that is just i mean they have some studs up there man i mean they're throwing up this guy is like two feet above the rim this dude Rinking, yeah i saw that all you rink-a-dink throwing it down like he was getting his uh, his eyes were at the rim right yeah and so he's got probably three foot his long eye arms. Is mid 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 square backboard you know dude is six foot eight 285 something like that yeah. they call him the next lebron He's got good company to go with and not get bored too. He's right. He he's got one of those. 
like I, I love hearing. I was listening to um, people say it's like LeBron and Blake Griffin. A lot of people say. Wow, wow. Yeah. And sometimes, and, and according to one friend, Charles Barkley. Right, just the massive yeah. behemoth. I was listening to Donovan Mitchell on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he was talking about it was such a. It's so cool to like hear an NBA, a young NBA player's kind of vantage point because obviously tiny. these guys. Their legends, their heroes, are playing in the league still. Like they've, play, they've played against Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, that right. kind of stuff. And people talk about how LeBron's game you just can't copy. Like no right. one else except a physical specimen of that magnitude yeah. could ever even think about getting away yeah. with the kind of things he does, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I just think is so cool that LeBron's game is is just inimitable. Right. You can't like fine wine. He's you just, like fine you just wine. don't do what LeBron does because you're not gonna be able to pull it off. And I just thought that was such a cool You watched so, the game last night? Uh, Lakers versus... Blazers. Mm-mm. He passed Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, I saw all those uh, notifications, yeah. yeah. I, I I think he'll beat... I think Michael Jordan's next. I don't know how far off, but yeah. He's like 1,200 points away or something. And I was trying to do the math. It's like, all right, if he's averaging 25 points a game... 40. Yeah, 25 times. Th- no, we're, we're not halfway through the season, are we? What's that? We're not halfway through the no, season. No, of course yet. not. No. Yeah, so they, so he has at least eighty more games because yeah, right, right, he's going to yeah, be in the definitely. playoffs. No, yeah. So I think he'll beat Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. This this. Uh, how how long much longer do you think LeBron's going to be in the league? Mm. How old is he now? Thirty five. How old am I? Twenty six. Drake is thirty two, and LeBron's thirty three or thirty four. Drake turns. Drake comes. That's normally how I remember. He's either thirty three or thirty four. He I has said another, he wants to play with another, his kid. I think he has another 10. What? I might be kidding myself. I mean, Vince there. Carter's 41, right? 40, he's 41. Freaking, I mean, if he's, I mean, if, I don't know, man. I think he's settling in LA right now. I think he's really going to find his groove right here for a little bit. But I think till 47. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when NBA players really kind of think themselves, oh shit, but like, oh dude, if you're if he's, you're get, he's not if getting, he's not, 40, he's not get, he's not his, his play is not worsening any t- right now anytime soon. Thing, so like, it's, dude. he's aging like fine wine. He is so fuck. Look at him. he's sitting on the wall right over there. The king. The he's reason. The, king. the reason I'm a LeBron James fan is because of that poster. For those who are not uh, in the room with us, there. Um, when I was 13 years old, she's after bad. Hurricane Katrina. I uh, relocate to northern New Jersey, and I'm in a Walmart, just kind of cruising around with my bud, and we're looking at posters, and there's this cool-looking black dude sitting on a throne around three lions, and I was like, I love you. I I had never even heard of LeBron James. Like, I might have read something about him in high school or whatever, but... Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so just because of how cool that poster is, is why I'm such a big fan. Oh, it's kind of a funny little... I, I remember you posting that a couple times within groupies. That's always my um, my profile picture during the NBA right, playoffs. Right, Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to respect the king, man. He's something else, dude. People, I mean, you can make the argument with MJ. Of course. All right, we're going here? I right. don't really want to go there. I, I'm not credible enough to really go there, to be quite honest. Neither with am I. I need to do my homework. But I do know that in my time, who I'm witnessing right now... How cool, dude. We got to see Tiger Woods, LeBron James. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty JJ Reddick. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember, I don't think he missed a free throw for an entire <clears throat> year <clears throat> in college, right? I think he may miss one. I think there was a whole year he went where he did not miss one free throw, which is super difficult. He was just 
I mean, I just always associate the bottom of that net with his ball at the free throw line. Have you heard kind of J.J. Redick? Professional talk right now. Autobiography or, 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 or like his kind of mentality and like his. Only thing I know. Process. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read a lot of books surrounding kind of when J.J. went through there and how how he, he got a lot of heat. I mean, he. People He's been went, booed uh, quite a bit. Oh, dude. People called. I mean, they had people that excuse. They tried whatever they could at the free throw line during those times to get to his head. And they never could. Never could get the JJ. He's rock. They would call him Red Dick. Like, how lame is that? Like, they, they think because he got high once or twice or something like that, they'd like put Red, call him Red Dick. They'd talk about his sister. You Once you go to your sister, it's it's really fans low. Can be me- I, I mean, mean, we're LSU guys, right? Like, we're no stranger to just We're probably in that fans. number for sure. And I wouldn't go quite sister there, but there's definitely some Tiger fans out there that are going. Oh, they'll go through <laughs> sister all the way to, I don't even know. But, all right, we got to start wrapping this up. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say while we were on the air before I uh, leave you with my final question? No man. Any like really... t- any questions for me? Any like juicy philosophical conundrums? I want to know how the film industry is right now. <sighs> so do I. Um, <laughs> uh, it's good. Um, there's a lot of television coming to New Orleans, which is a good sign. Um, Shout but... out to great. Oh, Mr. G. Look, Mr. G. Our my friend, our friend, Mr. G. Mr. And father, Mr. Mr. R. Mr. G. Mr. R. Great Lopez. Oh, sup? Yeah, Isn't yeah. he out in uh, California? He's in LA, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Commercials. I need to call his dad him. does commercials, you know? Yeah, I did a commercial for his dad That's once. Nice. Was, uh, they did a reboot of uh, the Toro, Where Do Babies Come From? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be in that. That was kind of cool. Uh, shout out to Sergio Lopez for hooking it up that one yes, time. Sir. That was tight. Yes, um, but, I mean, at least on my end, I'm... I'm about to get my new agent. I'm in pre-production for a sketch comedy show. That's kind of my. I mean, I'm I'm about to finish my book, and then I'm in pre-production for uh, whoa, for whoa, Snuggle whoa. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, book uh, book action. Yeah, yeah, a little nonfiction piece. Uh, Love it. Love it's called it. Beef Meets World. <laughs> One of my nicknames is Beef, and um, it kind of just chronicles my goofy little Australian adventure, and I pepper in like philosophical commentary and autobiographical stuff. It's it's really good. Were you action. taking note of it while you were doing? Yeah. yeah whenever something kind of interest, it's all the interesting, hilarious stuff that happened to me over there. Uh, so I've been working on it for, you know, nine months or so. Badass. Um, oh, you'll Beef. love it. You'll absolutely love it. Seriously. Um, it's it's really good. I'm loving how it's coming in. I'm, I've finally started sending it out to kind of my most trusted uh, writers, editors, people, Can and, I be and in that getting number? great feedback. Yeah, I'll send you a okay. first chapter. Got a little English degree behind me. I can oh, I know. No, cents. I forgot. I wanted to bring it up to you. Um, but yeah, I'll send you the first chapter to see what you think. It's uh, it's. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I'm just trying to shoot a little sketch comedy show, man. I'm trying to get. I have uh, all these great scripts. I've got about five or six of them just ready to go, ready to shoot, and I want to just get the most hilarious people I know in New Orleans and start making some goofy stuff. Um, so that's how my film industry is, is going. You you uh, creeping on any job? I know you just you said you got a. A job at the hospital? Yeah, at UMC downtown. Mm. Right there, right down the road. So you're not going the entertainment industry route? I got a little book in the process working on right now. All right, go on. I don't really want to go on too much because it really has, it just had the bones of it last fall. We got to build some anticipation for it though, man. Well, I think it's going to be called Run and See St. George. Ooh. But it's basically about the past two years. 
mm-hmm. of my life and just the uh, I mean I'm trying to figure out how that might be too long of a plot to kind of work with but it's just somebody working within a college kid making that transition from college into the real world and also someone that's working within mental health realm kind mm-hmm. of my a little bit about hotlining a little bit about my interaction with Dead and Company with Bob Weir the Grateful Dead um family and friends big time I you mean, have had interaction with him no 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 not a direct interaction i'm just talking about just bob weir band i re- actually gotcha. recently saw bob weir in the wolf, wolf bros and saw bob weir um in the campfire tour a year and a half ago that's when i really like woke up a little bit to uh the dead with i saw him at the sanger when i saw him recently in nashville at the rhyme and don't Auditorium. go back in the old grateful dead thing i'm so over that okay i get it but anyway that's an important part of me life Gotcha. Mi, mi, mi vida and uh and that and family and friends and just kind of the transition i made to who i am kind of right now i really mm-hmm. feel great i really love where i am and the position i'm in and uh yeah that's basically it i mean run and see st george is uh, um it still has much much work to do i'm not quite there it's really going to come back to my recall of memory and just how much mm-hmm. i can get back and figure out which parts of it is necessary for the story and but I think there's a lot I, of juicy found, material and dude, Fred's and all that, you know. You have LSU. a great. I mean, everyone has a great, like Everybody at least does, one yeah. awesome story to write, and that's just where what they've been through, right? Yeah. What I find is, dude, whenever you think like, "Oh, this will be good," write Boom. that shit down. You got a smartphone. You use the notes on your phone, of course, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh man, you should do, you should do way more, but now I don't as much. Dude, if I die, please go through my phone. On those notes, you'll you'll be a millionaire several times over. Like, please. No taking. That's my uh, passcode. I had to give it to somebody. Because, dude, apparently, I mean, we should have wills, you know? So People will say, oh, you should write a will. Dude, life can be unforgiving, man. You kind of got, because it's kind of a pain in the D-hole if you have to, like, if you died and I'm your brother, it's like, now I got to go through your sisters and stuff and, like, right. figure out who gets what. And right. It's like, a, it's like a whole pain. So, you kind of got to make a will. Which leads me into my final question of the evening. Quint Crozier, how can we make the world a better place? Listen. Ooh. You can learn to listen. Listen to understand, not listen to respond. Really <laughs> understand as best we can. Put ourselves in other people's shoes. God and gave love. us. And give our, give, put our heart right out there. Be honest. Be bold. Be adventurous. Ooh. God gave us two ears, one mouth. That's right. See, run and see. St. George. Yes, sir. Okay, listen, I'm into that. I think there's a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming, a lot of of me, me, me stuff stuff going. Let's get let's get back to simple communication, direct communication, you know? I'm into that. Uh I guess I'll say how can we make the world a better place? My head. I guess like leave places more beautiful than you left them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that's kind of something i've noticed mm-hmm. is people can get kind of complacent and just like go do their business and then leave but I, I feel like a little bit of effort goes a long way of kind of trying to nice organize and it doesn't even have to be a physical thing but like leave a person more beautiful than you right. left them, right? sure you like, care if you walk up and someone's got a frown on how about we flip that frown usd right side down Thank you for translating. Um, 
not my most poignant of uh, things, but I, we're just getting back into the new season. Um, you're actually kind of our, our new season premiere. Um, I've only just kind of oh, got my new microphones and studio nice. set up and whatnot, and we're about to start banging one of these out a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Quint, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Come this on, has been a blast. You realize it's been over two hours. That seems about natural, just about right. Just I want like to be that, on for uh, another time. Dude, you will. Book I got to get you. I like... Uh, uh, I like mixing and matching old guests because I can, you know, once I get yeah, kind yeah. of a feel for yeah, you, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, he would vibe yeah. great with this guy. Um, so you'll you'll be no stranger to coming back on again. And uh, much love. And much is there any, any charities or any social media you want to plug or anything like that? Or, uh, or just listen? Uh, uh, keep, keep, go, keep doing... Uh, 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 there's a... Here it goes out to the song. This is what it's all about. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a day away. Man has a dream and that's the start. He starts with his dream with mind and heart. Ooh. And when he makes that dream a reality, it's a place for you. For you and me! Cause there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a day away That's all I got, my charity. I don't, I, 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 Facebook, add me Quint Crozier. Okay. Yeah. Easy. Let's get together. All right, snuggle monsters. We'll bless up. Have a sick day. Welcome back and I'll see you soon.